welcome to Auto Media Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Scherer from the YouTube channel, Mark and Cars. I'm joined every week with my co-host, Simon McGrath, also known as Simon the Classic Car Dude. G'day, Simon. Hello, fellow car tragics. Each episode, we'll talk all things cars. Classics, modern, exotic, old school, future classics, electric, diesel, sports car, family tracks, you name it, we're interested in it. Like always, if you've got an opinion or want to contribute, please DM me. You'll find me across most social media as Mark and Cars. That's Mark with a C. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, Simon. How are you today? G'day, Mark. G'day, Thrill Seekers. Thrill Seekers, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you tuned in twice, you, you, cap, you, you qualify. Yeah, yeah. Fair yeah. cop, fair cop. What a week it's been. Yeah, you've got the 356 back on the road. I, I thought do. I saw it today in uh, Claremont, near the Claremont Oval. Or is it another one, maybe? No, that was another one. And I know the one you're talking about. It's yeah. interesting you bring that up because that is Ian Delroy's, the old Neville Busby's car that right, used to yeah, be yeah. parked in Hay Street. Yeah. We'll come to that in a moment. Uh, I want to talk about that car. Busby's. Yeah. The old budget yeah. rental place. Yeah. yeah. We'll come back to that. Um, my car is back on the road. It was fortunate enough to be... Um, in the Spirit of Concourse category of the Porsche Club West Australia Concourse at Delegance on the weekend. Did you get any tinware? I got zero. <laughs> Except much a warm, to, fuzzy feeling. Much to my daughter's dismay due to the fact that oh. she assisted through the bribe that if we won anything, she'd get to keep it. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, so the chance of that happening mate. was quite low. But during that um, event, I ran into a associate who's joined us today and um i'd like you to welcome ben to the podcast how are you ben greetings gents i'm very well honored honored to be here very great to have you the um we'll talk a little bit about your background and why you're on the podcast shortly but let's continue talking about our week what have you been up to simon well big week for motorcycles mark um i had the monkey service it's had its second service uh, which is at six thousand kilometers so two new tyres, because they're just getting a bit old, right? And There's got to be a dad joke there about being too tired, doesn't there? <laughs> <laughs> so two new tyres, um, complete service, new plug, oil, change, you know, blah, 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 adjust the chain, all that sort of stuff. And the whole lot, the entire bill came to $270. Oh. Isn't that fabulous? <laughs> that is amazing. It is. Um, and um, God, I've got a new look, soundboard. I've got to look, use it. Okay, everybody at home. <laughs> he's got this new program, and it's going to drive us nuts. Oh, mate, you, you are going to tip over with this. I can assure you. It's like you know, it's a box of whistles. Yeah, and, it is. Um, That's exactly what it is. I love he, it. Um, a digital whistle. The, the first section that you heard this evening uh, is pre-recorded. So I was looking across at him, and there was a voice coming out, and I thought he'd taken up ventriloquy. <laughs> and and he, <laughs> interestingly, you didn't see where my other hand was either, did oh, you? Do you me? <laughs> I, anyway, uh, and the other thing is, we continue the restoration of the Yamaha. So we've dismantled the um, engine now. So we just have a crankcase. So all seven moving parts. Well, a few more than that. It's quite a lot. Well, Ben um, might not know about the bike. Tell him what the bike is. No, oh, ben, what is a, it? It's a it's a thing called a DT1 Yamaha. It's 1968, the first trail bike that Yamaha made. Right. Beautiful sort of um, jelly bean shaped tank, gold. And they invented the genre of trail bikes. It has Literally. both strokes. Are yeah. we talking trial or trail? A trail, trail. bike. Trail. It invented the trail bike. Really? And really uh, world significant motorcycle. Like really. Is that because you own it or? No, no. They, they, they made, the model. It literally invented the, uh, the genre. 
And uh, there's a couple of magazine articles I've read on them. And, um, yeah, incredible, um, incredible thing. Is this the one that you were uh, entertaining riding across the Nullarbor? No, that's another bloody thing. So, you know, your motorbikes, mate. I've I've got three bikes at the moment. The good thing about collecting motorbikes is they're cheap. Yeah. Yeah, And you you don't take up much uh, valuable real estate in the Western No, they don't take up a lot of valuable real estate. Anyway, so um, we continue the restoration of that. I've taken the frame to the sandblasters. We're going to powder coat that. The chrome has got a huge amount of work from us. Um, My mate, mate Adam Brown, is doing uh, vapor blasting. Oh, yeah. And um, uh, what do they call it? Ceramic coating of various bits that will, you know, like the wear components. Great idea. Yeah. And um, we got new, today we got new rims arrived from Italy, uh, new handlebars arrived from Yambits in the USA, uh, new handle grips arrived. A uh, whole lot of it's quite exciting, and it moves much faster than cars. Yeah, the yeah. whole rec car. You know, I've done the car restoration thing, and well, years you're, even, you're, you're not even a month into this, and you feel like you're on the home stretch, well, don't yeah, you? Compared much, to what a car is. Well, pretty much, pretty soon we pick up the frame on Friday. Mm-hmm. We'll be able to put the um, the new rear shocks, uh, put the rear swing arm into. Did it. you get the bush out or the um, bearing yeah, out? We had the swing it pressed arm? out. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Just so the swing arm at the back was uh, it rusted. The, the shaft had rusted onto the bearings and they're captive inside the frame. So we had to get it pressed out. Went with a hell of a bang, but it went. And um, so we'll, we'll actually have a frame. You going to ride it? Sorry? Are you going to ride it or is this garage art on completion? No, this is going to be ridden to things like Classic Cars and Coffee. Yeah, great. And there's a group of eccentrics that I'm desperate to join. And they like meet. You'd be not honorary member. <laughs> They meet down at the um, Fremantle Wharf. I think it's the South Mole yeah, okay. at the coffee shop there on uh, Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings. Lovely. And there's about 20, 30 old bikes every every Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. That'd be about yeah. the. I reckon that'd be about the threshold of uh, distance on that bike. I think so too. Yeah, for I comfort mean, uh, I'm talking about, not because of its reliability or anything. Oh like that I'm no, suggesting. <laughs> there'll be a smoke screen behind it. It's, it's two stroke. stroke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stroke. perfect. Old two stroke. Anyway. Been a huge amount of fun, and uh, we've made progress. Very satisfying so far. Fantastic. Mm. What have I been doing in the last week? A bit's been happening. Uh, like you said, I've got the uh, 356 back on the road, and it's been an utter joy to drive again. I've missed it. I've uh, tried to set it on fire, Ben. Oh, I mean, that's that's pretty standard. Uh, air cool problems. Yeah, yeah okay. especially the pre-70 sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Bit of a pastime for that. Yep, and... Um, so that's all running quite good. I've, I've got some exhaust leaks I'll address over the coming months. Mm. Because I've got a small window of comfort in that car in the weather, but once right. it gets too hot, yeah, hard, yeah. it's uncomfortable drive. Airflow in 356s wasn't mm. that big a consideration <laughs> for the Australian weather. Um, so once it gets to that point, I'll, my J-pipes are a bit short for the Dunsk mufflers, so right. where it slides into the muffler flared bit it's a bit sh- i've got a gap so i'm using the clamps to close that gap at the moment so it's mm. backfiring popping and carrying on deal but anyway that's you they cool problems you went to the italian car day i did that I, was I what do you think um Says interesting event right it was yeah it was a um bene pardon bene a malta bene grazie <laughs> now the uh overall i think a great day and there's a lot of learnings there for the Porsche Club to take from this, I think, being a celebration of all things Italian motoring mm. versus a concourse. They're two very different concepts. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And particularly because 
Um, I hope the Porsche Club don't take this the wrong way. I'm an ex-committee member, so I understand the limitations and everything that goes on there. Um, having it as a, um, having it, the concourse isn't a real concourse at the for Porsche Club of WA. It's mm. more of a really high quality car show would be the best way to describe it. There are awards for the best presented cars. The cars so are judged. judging. There is judging, okay. but with regards to, and this is not to diminish the job the judges do, the club's not that keen on the same car winning all the time, yeah, yeah. Mm, even yeah. if it is the best car. So yeah. it's now in a little bit of this situation where the second best car's winning. Yeah. Because there is one car that is incredibly dominant, and that's John Webb's 356C, which could very well, it's Pebble Beach quality. Mm. Which, which colour car is that? Was Silver. It? Oh, no, it wasn't there. It's his car, the committee told him he's got a 25-point penalty if he brings the car to another concourse event. I think that's it's a little hard imposing rules like that in a, in a city, you know, as small as Perth. I don't, there is a lot of great well, cars in Perth. but He owns, he would have to be 10 Porsches, right? Oh, you know. And we'll four, let him off. He can, four he can bring of them, else. four of them are 356s, you know. Right. So as a result, he's he spends a month working full-time on preparing his car for the, for this event. He deserves to win it, you know what I mean? And the like that car's better than any 356 that ever left the factory. Is that in the spirit of concourse? Not really, but that's no. the spirit of Pebble Beach mm. concourse, isn't it? Your yeah, it is a Villa Deste or you know that comparable type event where the yeah. cars are better. You know, yeah. white gloves. You know, touching the inside that's of uh, yeah, that's wheel arches. Yeah, that's exactly that what that's that's the so, quality of that car. You know. So yeah. what was the Italian car day like? Just bring us back to top. Yeah, okay, that's fine. The um, not enough Ferraris. Okay. Considering there is a very large number of them in Perth. Yeah, yeah, I did find that too. It was probably and the smallest section of the Italian car yeah, there was Ferraris. Big, big gap in the um, Ferrari range, in my opinion. You know, there was a couple of quite important cars, but... Yeah, 250 GTE was uh, nice to see. Yeah. Pretty odd that we have two GTEs in Perth. Being, well, they normally park next to each other whenever you see one. The other one's right next yeah, to it. Yeah, I mean, it's an odd car as it is. It's mm. not like it's a... was the It's not the popular 250, and that's... You know, it's, it's odd that we have two GTEs in Perth, but... Yeah, there's um, that new uh, Roma, Ferrari Roma. Right. It could very well be the prettiest recent made Ferrari, in my opinion. It's I very Aston it. Martin. It, it turned up like... Oh, okay, okay. It Stunning motor car. Like, mm. whatever oh. metric you measure a good-looking car yeah. by, this probably meets it. It works. It, you know, long bonnet, short tail on it, the all those things that are classic yeah. long hood V12, but without the problems of an old vintage <laughs> long hood V12. So design-wise, stunning. The um, There's some amazing um, 105 body alphas there. There was oh, must have been seven or eight of them, Ben. Yeah, remember? there was some there real was some peaches real, there. Yeah, yeah, there was like... A lot of those cars look big, runny cars, you know. Yeah. They look at, yeah. you know, these cars were so highly prepared. It was fantastic. Mm. They were stunning. Um, there was a Junior Zagato there, which I've got to admit, it's probably my favourite car of the whole show. It was, mm. um, yeah, it was pretty good. I like seeing the Bambinos and stuff like that. I, I, did I too. love that stuff, mm. you know. I love all the quirky early yep. pre 70s. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, it's all, it's all part stuff. of it, you know. Yeah. There's only one R pair there, you know, the. 
three wheel of scooter, two wheels in the back. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You see buzzing around Is that Tuscany. How you say it? I've been up calling there. them apes. No, no, ape. It's um, <laughs> the go. word literally means bee, as in bumblebee in Italian. That's well, that what, makes a bit more sense than yeah. ape, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't resemble an ape at all. So. <laughs> Actually, I, just while we're doing show and tell, um, I deliver. you've got an ape. No. Okay. <laughs> you could have an ape. You're any, a sort of guy that could have any moment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with my self control. The I delivered the one two three GT to its new owner. Oh yeah, oh, you and, did. Um, I got to look at his car collection. So it was like three hours later. Um, an incredible car collection. I think he's got f- about four long bonnet nine elevens. Really? Uh, yeah. Just does he perhaps look like uh, Doc from Back to the Future? Yeah, he does. But yeah, <laughs> and uh, he's got a chicken shed out in the I've bush. Got, I've got I've got a fair idea on who we're talking about as well. Yeah, me, me too. Me yeah. too. I've been um, I've been flagged down driving down. Um, what's the road opposite Broadway? What's the one on the other side? Hackett. Um, I know, you know, when you if you Broadway going the other way, heading oh, west, Hampton, Hampton Road. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. In my three, five, six, pull over, pull over. So I pull over. He races up to the window. What exhaust you got on that? I'm going to get one of those for mine. <laughs> he's a good so, man. Really? Yes. He's a he's a Felix and Co loyal. That's where that's yeah. what you're. That's a shout out to those yeah. guys. Like, I reckon thirty cars in that shed, and all of them absolute peaches. He's a, yeah. He has a bit of a he's a bit of a victim for a lot of cars. I am, mm. you know. So, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Look, except that he can afford them. So. Exactly that. Everything. I what I wasn't too excited about his um, Triumph twenty five hundred uh, PIs, but uh, he's got three of those. Right. Um, you'd need three if you want to drive one. <laughs> he's making, yeah, which one runs today? Yeah, that's right. He's making a replica of the London to Sydney one out of one of them anyway. But sure. he's, he's got some fantastic stuff. But one of the cars that really appealed to me was that he's got a 3500 um, P5B Rover. And uh, it's oh, you, just. You a would be a victim for that stuff, wouldn't I've you? had one in the past. I've of course S, you have. And, uh, which is a manual version. But it just screamed integrity. It was beautiful. What's what's that um what's that rover thirty five hundred pound rover? I think it's called. It's a four door. I think, but they call it a coupe with oh, yeah. a, with a yeah. spare wheel on the boot. Yeah. Yeah. Thatcher's choice. It's just one of the most unhappy looking cars, isn't oh, no, it? It looks miserable. Ben. No, 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 no. <laughs> Thrill seekers, they're wrong. It's seriously. I love those. It rover looks like coupes. it's dropped its bottom lip. That's the only way yeah, to describe they, the I mean, expression. It's gorgeous. I would do that too if I was Margaret Thatcher's car of choice. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest, right? Yep, the Iron Maiden sitting yeah. in the back. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Hurry up, up, my man. Hurry up. <laughs> yeah, um, who wants some pasta bake? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Okay. So that's great. They got that got dropped off. Um, what else have I done this week? I got sent a new power box to go on the Yaris from a. Which is much more highly developed than the one I had, right? Power which is a box. plug and it's a plug and play tuning solution, right? Right. This one, the old one I had, or the previous one I had, had two connectors on it. Mm-hmm. This one has about seven, right? So to various plugs around the engine, you know, yeah, cam sensor. For what? What end game? What? What well, result? Fifty horsepower. Just like that. And in a little car like that, that is a oh, yeah. lot, my yeah. friend. And it, people talk. get caught in numbers, but 50 horsepower gain in like, what? how much was it? Beforehand? And about how much a dollar dollars. value? Oh, I think Nothing it, to him. Oh, I, I, think it, I think it costs about <laughs> $900. That's a bargain. Yeah. 50, 50 horsepower. I bet you. <laughs> like if you, if you gain 50 horsepower in a 356, you would have to spend oh, 20, 20 grand. Yeah, yeah. 20. Like, and yeah. it wouldn't be that drivable. No. Because you're doubling yeah. the You'd number. You'd be fouling plugs and yeah. it'd be, mm-hmm. yeah, the lumpiest cam and all of But, yeah, so, but the, um, where it, it's got like, 
I think, 20 maps on it, right, on this box okay. that you adjust on your phone. It's not a polarizer, is it? <laughs> yes, mate. <laughs> yeah, Brocky's missus, Bev, sent it through to me right now. That's right. The, um, Dr. Death. It has, uh, yeah, like 27 maps, and you sort of got to move through them. To f- All of them have the same power output. It's just where it triggers the turbo at different delivered. times in yeah, okay, different okay. rev ranges for what you want to use a car for, right? Shocking. And it is... Uh, Quickly. <laughs> it is the business. Yeah. Like it is... Like today was a first drive in it. I had to go and run some errands. And those errands happened quite quickly. I can imagine. You know, it was, um, and it makes some pretty fun noises that the yeah. car didn't make before, you know. It's yeah. banging and, or not exhaust popping, popping and stuff. No, it's not doing any of that. It was just the intake noise sounds like Cyclone Tracy on would have, you know, it's just yes. sucking in like you cannot believe I thought it was it. a good thing before it got boxed. No, this is, um, yeah, this is. Jeez. Worth it would yeah, be the, right. the way to, and because it is literally plug and play. Do you want to I, name I remove this product? It. Yeah, it's uh, it's manufactured by DT UK, so that's diesel tuning. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They specialise in a lot. They make tons of these things, right, for all range of typically European vehicles. Yes. Um, and but the owner has a GA Yaris in the UK, yeah, yeah, so yeah. he developed it for his own car and now on sells yeah. it. You know. It's just—it's amazing, like the, the the reach of the GI Yaris. It just doesn't matter what sort of cars you're into. The the GI yeah. Yaris. I, I'm seeing all the enthusiasts driving uh, them. Do you yeah. know what it is? I, someone pointed out to me today. I had caught up with someone who could not care less about a motor car. You know, like it is a tool to go from A to B. That's all it is to him. And he says, "I've got to tell you, Mark, that car of yours—it looks like it should be in a Hot Wheels packet." Yeah, there's a bit yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that is the Agreed. appeal, I think, for guys. Because as kids, we see a Hot Wheels car, we loved it. That's actually like a grown-ups version of one, just the yeah. way it looks, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. proportions are, they're, they're fun. It seems they're approachable. They're exaggerated. Everything's exaggerated on it, you yeah. know? Yeah. Look, um, big shout-out to DT UK. Um, if, uh, you know, Mark can pick up 50 horsepower on his Yaris. What could they do, a monkey? Well, no, I was thinking more of my... <laughs> 1990 240 Volvo. I mean, I'd be happy with five horsepower, guys. Yeah. What can you do? Take take the, Wait, double the bell-driven it. fan you, off. You want to double it? <laughs> you want to double it? <laughs> no, but anyway, yeah. just as a um, yeah, as a product to plug and play, I would recommend it. It's been easy to install. The instructions were good. The phone app works easy. Oh, it's app-driven, is it? Yeah. Yep. Or, you know, you can change it as you're going. So is there any sort of uh, like self-learning that needs to be done when you first install it? Do you need to go and do a bunch of uh, nah. low load, high no, load? No, 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 no. no. Yeah. Well, it's ben, got it's a good thing. Th- yeah. Ben, enough of us talking about us. <laughs> Why don't you talk about us? No, sorry. <laughs> the, let's do it. Let's, um, let's pick apart the life of Ben. You're before, a, before, yeah, before Ben comes on, I want to tell you why I got Ben on. Why have you got Ben on? Because... I think in a previous life, Ben is a little bit of a Simon mini-me. <laughs> a brother right? from another you, mother. <laughs> I do think this could be the case. Separated by a generation, he right? He needs more facial hair. The yeah, bro- I was going to say that. And more, probably more body hair too. But yeah, he, would, yeah, he, yeah. Could, he could be... I wish. This yeah. could be... I'm telling you, his interest in cars is very similar to yours, <laughs> which is bordering on kook, well, right? He, he does hang around with, with the Volvo the, dudes. With yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. With the exception of the credible car he turned up in. What did you turn up in bed? Oh, the 911, of course. Fancy Beetle, yeah. <laughs> Fancy Beetle. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm taking off to Mark, you know, but I... Tell us, about, tell us about the garage. What's in it? Uh, it's a, a bit eclectic. It's a... 
the oldest in the stable is the 911. Um, I got that about four years ago. It's a delivered January 90 Perth uh, 964 Carrera 4. It's a good looking thing, by the way. Yeah, it's not a, like not a bad looking thing, which I, uh, mm. I chased down for a bit. And then the, the, the second oldest is a W123 or S123 uh, wagon, 230T. I love them. Yeah, it's got to be one of. I, I think it's probably one of the favourite cars that I've, I've ever bought. You know, it definitely draws the attention wherever you turn up in that thing, doesn't it? It's yeah, 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 and and it evokes some weird reactions in colour? people. It's Beige. it's a it's a you know very contentious colour. It gets called custard. It gets called sand. Oh, it gets yeah. called beige. It gets called khaki. Safari. Yeah, yeah, pith <laughs> helmet like yeah, me and Mark saw at the yeah. the concourse, yeah. and then um, I recently picked up a. E30 325 Touring, which is a... Uh, wow, nice one. Interesting. Yeah, English-delivered car. Um, you know, it's... Floor not, still in it? No, no, it's a M20, two and a half litre six. It's been stroked, you know, the old uh, 2.7 bottom end with sure. 2.5 head and big, big valves and that sort of jazz and has some kind of unusual late 90s sort of mods on it that would have been big money back in the day, like a, a hot film math conversion and... Other oh, is that other. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. got like this little piggyback ECU chip with a yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you call it? little rheostat for altitude and stuff yeah. on it. <laughs> but it, it's pretty perky. Like it's got three nine diffs in it, and oh, it would be like a lot a, of fun to drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got a light flywheel, a bit of an exhaust, standard headers and stuff like that. Some sort of cold air intake of sorts that probably gets quite hot. And yeah, you know, it's a it's a perky little thing. Like it'll. Happily drift around corners in you know second or third gear if you yeah a lot of fun kind of chuck it in. Any but other cars? No, no other cars. It's um yeah we're keeping it at three. Otherwise, I currently live so with my mother. Yeah, Deutschland influenced. Yeah, and and wagons too. You know, oh. it, it doesn't. If it's an odd wagon, I do like it. I, I'm with you. Those but, Tourings are really good looking car. Yeah, they are. I've wanted one for quite some time, and and I did go and look at a few. You know, when I was getting paid five dollars sixty as an hour as a first year apprentice, that were I probably should have bought. They were much nicer than this one <laughs> that I thought were a bit doggy. Mm. And you know, I'm the yeah, idiot. They weren't that. actually, were they? Now? Nah, yeah, no, now you know, you know. But you, what are you going to do? Like, how many? Uh, it's not like you just wait for the next one to pop up on marketplace. I think there's only two registered in Perth that that I know of, um, and I'm a bit of a nerd for that sort of stuff. But mm. tell the uh, listeners. Where did you do your apprenticeship, Ben? I did my apprenticeship at uh, Chillingworth Porsche on uh, 101 Sterling Highway, Nedlands. <laughs> Ingrained in the still memory. There. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, still there. Not for much longer, though. No, it's getting uh, knocked over soon. Yeah, you have a, I think it's like 30-storey apartment block that continuously gets yeah. knocked back at planning no, approval. No, it's approved. Is it? It is, yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. I, the, uh, I this mean, is the reason I know this is because I rented the building right next door for... That's right. Twenty five right. years. So Which is which is kinda how me and Mark know each other, I suppose. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. And uh so you did your apprenticeship there? Yeah, it was a you know, it was a bit of a weird way that I got my apprenticeship there. I basically I was a cantankerous, uh, understimulated teenage boy at school and I kind of just got painted with the naughty brush and I didn't want to be there and yeah, sure. you know, me and my mates were probably cut from the same uh cloth on that sort of note and we weren't idiots but we weren't scholars and uh you know much to my mother's dismay I I left school and 
I figured out that I could do a mechanical engineering cert two at Midland TAFE and then go on to do, you know, three and four at uni, which I don't know, at the time sounded like something I'd want to do. And I, I really had these grandiose ideas of being in some sort of like race team, playing cars for a living, doing stuff like that. And I I went to Midland TAFE and I'd left school and uh, they overbooked the course and you know, they called me and mum in and, and mum was like, you know, what, what are you going to do now? Like, do we go back to school? And I tried going to the other schools that I uh, had been accepted into when I left primary school and they all kind of asked uh, the school that I'd left how yeah, it was and yeah. they <laughs> promptly <laughs> said no. And the, the nice lady at TAFE was just like, you know, what, what are you into? You know, mum's like, my mum was silly enough to let me do autocross and carnacross from when I was like 13. She's, a, she's an angel. She, uh, you know. Hmm. She was a very good mum. And uh, so mum mum was like, oh, you know, he likes rallying cars. And the lady was like, how about you do an automotive pre-apprenticeship and we'll book you in the next semester's mechanical engineering course. And, you know, I hastily agreed. And, yeah, I, I mean, I did pretty well. I kind of knew my way around a car and uh, it was pretty easy to stand out at Midland TAFE without, you know, a meth habit or... sure. That sort of thing. And for whatever reason, knowing the man that he is, uh, the man that hired me, Paul Walsh, never ventures out of the western suburbs but for some reason visited someone that he knew at Midland Tafe that day, an old crony from somewhere in the industry and was kind of like, what's this guy doing welding? And they were like, oh, he's finished everything and we kind of have to have him here because he left school and <laughs> that's, that's the law. And, yeah, without me knowing, they, they – kind of told him to send me over for a work experience so I got told to uh pull up my socks get a haircut and shut the f up and uh don't be late and I got handed an address written on a piece of paper with the phone number and it didn't say where it was it just said 101 Stealing Highway and the phone number and uh yeah I I told mum and mum's like oh you know it's good we'll go have a look at it and that weekend before I went on work experience, we drove up Stirling Highway and yep, yep. sure enough, the Porsche dealership. I went, did work experience 5th of November, 2008. And I didn't leave until uh, late August, 2019. So I was there you know, nearly 12 years. It was my entire adult life. So, <laughs> and it, yeah. You, was, you've, you still, are you, those pants you've got on right now, you yeah. bought in 2008, didn't you? Probably Simon? did, yeah. Yeah, okay. Probably did. <laughs> I can't see them, but yeah, that's okay. they're not quite as high tech. So as, you uh, finished your apprenticeship at uh, Challingworth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started, finished it there and became a tech and kind of worked my way through the the technical, I suppose, ranking structure they got mm-hmm. there. They got bronze, silver and a gold. And when you make it to gold level, you get to do cool things like go on model launches and go thrash some cars around, to, you know, wherever they might have it, Phillip Island, the Bend. Yeah. Uh, Mount Cotton, Sydney Raceway, depending on the year. But, yeah, did some cool stuff like that. A lot of uh, factory training in Melbourne. Never went to Germany, unfortunately. But, you know, I did a lot of cool stuff and I met a lot of cool people and worked on a lot of cool cars and, mm. you know, I was there probably too long. But at the same time, I, I did a lot of things that I probably wouldn't have been given the opportunity to do elsewhere, especially in Perth, you know. Like, yeah, for sure. Been a small town. Always yeah, sometimes. yeah, yeah. Now, I know because Simon is such a sympathiser, let Simon know what you do now. I play Teslas all day. I'm a, uh, I'm a mobile service technician for Tesla, so I wow. kind of run the 
the mobile service side. Is that, is that a lot of laptop work? It is a lot of laptop work, a lot of admin as well. I do, uh, I essentially run a mini service center for myself. I do my own uh, front of house work, admin, scheduling, diagnostics, uh, parts, and uh, the technical work as well. And but that's typical of someone that works in your role at Tesla. Each of the people who do the job you do have that same. Yeah, to, to, to varying degrees, depending on obviously the city they're in. But Perth's kind of, it's getting to the point where um, the, the admin side of things may have to be handed over to someone else. That, that sure, sure. But yeah, I, you know, we're, we're quite busy. I'm, I can't really talk about numbers and stuff like oh, that. Sure. But it, yeah, that's okay. I mean, I'm sure you guys have a fair idea of how many cars we're kind of delivering at the moment and getting on the road. They're, there certainly seems to be more now than ever. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and late this year has, has been, busy. you know, busy. Yeah, yeah sure. And, and it, it, it's just an exciting place to be, I suppose. You know, yeah. they, they really value employees. And they, one of the, the, the bizarre things about the business, and I'm sure you guys would know from being around dealerships, is but, you know, Elon values technically minded people really really highly he thinks they're the the, the people that should be you know praised in a dealership as opposed mm-hmm. to the good to know the, the bean counters and the front of house people which so. is typically the case for the traditional absolutely yeah service order. advisors they make big money at dealerships and they're heralded as usually the people that's it you know it, that, there's always these uh quite horrible language when you're a mechanic in a dealership, you know, oh, but don't you want to move up to being a service advisor or a salesperson or something like that as if what you're doing is a... Is below that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's pretty prolific, that sort of language. It's not, you know, that's not Porsche. Like, it's, yeah. I I get what you're saying, though. I can, can, you know, we... A few podcasts ago, we sat down with Marco, who you know. Oh, you well. did, you yeah. did, yeah, yeah. Me and Marco uh, started about a year and a half apart. At, yep, sure. And we we went through our apprenticeship together. He was a year above me. Mm-hmm. He yep. definitely gave me a bit of a hard time. <laughs> but we're we're good like mates. All, like all apprentices, only that one rung above ten. Oh two yeah, for the I mean it's them. only a year, but in apprentice years, it's it's a long yeah, it's way. It's like dog yeah. years, isn't it? <laughs> were you sent off to get the left-handed screwdriver and all that sort of stuff? Oh, look, I was, but not at Porsche. I, I Believe it or not, I, I was given my first job in a workshop when I was 12 at ARB in Midland, made yeah, tracks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Clayton Buckley, really lovely guy. Um, but, yeah, some rough fellas in there. They they <laughs> they had their fun with me, you know, pretty naive 12-year-old. And I'm just too curious and, and just, like, back then I, I, I loved to, you know, do my best to the nth degree and try sure. and impress yep. everyone. And yep. Yep. you're an easy target for workshop yeah, yeah. pranks like that. When yeah, you're, sure. You're too keen. <laughs> is there, um, I mean, don't tell us if you can't tell us, is there a lot of faults with Teslas? No more than any other car. I mean, obviously, uh, I'm sure you guys would understand that, you know, mm. cars are becoming more complex and sure are. And with complexity comes the problems. You know, yeah. Or potential for problems. Yeah, potential for problems, yeah. And um, so the, I wouldn't say they're better or worse in terms of uh, frequency of faults, mm. but the, 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 where they are better is the fact that the cars are online, they're remotely diagnosable, uh, and mm. it's just it's the most wonderful uh, service model ever, and it's, it's going to be adopted everywhere. I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm sipping the Kool-Aid, but, you know, the cars are online, 
if you get if you give us you know accurate information as to the time of the fault and and what system you think it might have been on uh you know 90 percent of faults are um remotely diagnosable and then the, the benefit of that is that you don't have to come in to get it diagnosed we order parts in the background and you know even if it's uh it doesn't need the parts we will order whatever is possibly you know gonna yeah. gonna uh rectify the issue with the knowledge that it probably won't even need it but the the idea is that the car is with us for the least amount of time possible so the the customer is inconvenienced the least so it's it's just a you know well that, that that's the demand of the modern consumer really isn't it you know in this yeah, day it is. And, and there's no excuse why it can't be like that either yeah. i think dealerships have they've gotten away with being absolute hounds for upsell and and you know having people's cars in there for extraordinary amounts of time charging them you know 200 220 an hour labor and you know not really getting anywhere and and just kind yeah. of having dartboard diagnosis in the end because you know it just got They're passed lost around as well yeah 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 so tesla have um opened or opening that uh, new showroom in Scarborough Beach Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we we opened that um late January. We've been in there, and you that's where you operate out of. That is where I operate out of. Yeah, right. so I I start and finish my day there typically, unless it's obviously closer to my mm. lovely home in the hills. Thanks, mum. Living with mum at the moment, she's a bit of a gem, but <laughs> she sounds like a winner. She's oh, she's an angel. She really. Hey, is. we all only get one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I give her a hard time, but. Yep, yep. I do love her. With the, uh, I'm quite curious about while we're talking about Tesla. They there's constant talk about the lack of moving parts compared to a mm. internal combustion car. Okay. Yeah. So the wear parts are clearly going to be bearings, brakes, rubber, right? Yeah. Other than that, what else can you actually fix? Seatbelts don't clip in properly, or just dumb stuff like that. Is I'm just curious. What like the car, some of the cars are getting what ten years old now? How, how old's the oldest Model S? They don't have your close. Yeah, 2014 in the states. But oh, 14, I don't, was it? Yeah, I don't. Okay. I don't think we had them delivered uh, in, in Perth until about 2015. But oh, okay, so oh, then yeah, so that so all right, then we're talking six years old, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, but some of those cars, like I think the the first full set of brakes, we're talking pads and rotors, was changed in Australia. On a car in Queensland that I believe had done five hundred eighty thousand k's. Well, so it must. So there must be a lot of regenerative stuff that you start to reduce the you know the whole one pedal driving. Yeah, thing one pedal driving. On. I mean, it's just it's a game changer once you're used to it. I understand how people. Oh yeah, it's just you get used to what you get used to anyway. Don't yeah, you? you know you do hear a lot of people come for a test drive and they're like, oh, you know, the regenerative braking is just too hard to get used to, or it's a bit weird, but. Yeah. I want something different, but I want it to be the same as what I had. Yeah, and <laughs> that this is what it is, isn't it? Yeah, that's why Bentleys are the way Bentleys are, because because the people with the money and the power kind of yeah want exactly that, what they had before, but yeah. they were the newer one of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there's a funny story with the Arnage where they are uh, they got that twin turbo V12 off BMW. It was just like the technologically you know advanced pinnacle of engines at the time, and. Uh, you know, it's double overhead camshaft, twin turbo, sequential fuel injection. It was just gorgeous. And then everyone that ordered one hated it 
and they wanted their push rod six and a half liter. Sorry, six and three quarter liter. Six point seven five. Yeah, yeah, six point seven five. Super yeah. turbo lagged. Uh... Yeah, yeah, V eight back. Nineteen fifty two. Yeah, yeah, like unchanged. But... Well, I think that's reflected by like I've been I'm in the fortune position where I've driven, I wouldn't say a current but a recent model GT Bentley yeah. GT in both the V eight and the W twelve. Yeah. You'd have to be insane to buy the W12, right? Yeah, yeah. The and V8 is so good, right? And it dynamically, good too. Yeah, the whole thing, right? Yeah. But it's not the W12, is it? No, so and that's people, what... So people buy the W12 because it is the W12. Yeah, it's, and, it's, and it, it isn't like a particularly uh, exciting engine either. Like it, it's not a Ferrari V12. Like no, it's of course, a, it's no, a, of course not. It's a little, yeah. It's a big V-dub motor, isn't it? Yes. Two of them. <laughs> You're right. It is. Price yeah. one. Yep. Two. Uh, was it the VR6? Golf VR6. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that terrible? Real shallow angle. <laughs> I mean, it's a good thing. It's beautifully smooth. Yeah. Oh, it Very is. quiet. I don't know what the fuel economy is like. I don't think that's a question you ask when you're in the Bentley market. No, no, you probably don't, do you? When you're demanding your 6.75 liter push rod. Yeah, yeah. Two valve per back. cylinder. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the final iteration of that in the Mulsanne was just a great thing. But yeah, it, I think it made, oh, you might have to fact check me, but it was either 12 or 1500 newton meters of torque at 1500 RPM. Yeah, that's Yeah, and it pretty much held that until like 3500 RPM. So it was. You mean redline? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the end of the world. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> would it but, take a fortnight to get there to three and a half thousand, wouldn't it? Yeah, and it was just such a weird thing because, like, it, it's so well insulated and it is a very big car, and you kind of don't really accelerate; you just proceed it <laughs> forward. Like, it's just a very weird feeling. I'd a um, I've been in one of the really old Bentley turbos. Yeah, right? oh, such a good thing. Yeah, and. The best the guy I worked with at the time said to me, "I don't think this car goes fast. I just think it changes the speed of the rotation of the Earth." <laughs> that's it. You know? well, they, they, they weigh <laughs> enough too. You know? Oh yeah, it was just yeah, and the brake calipers on the thing. Have you seen monsters? the monsters? Well, there's two. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I don't know what there's some sort of weird thing that went on with um, Avon make the tires for them, right? Oh my god! Back goodness. in the day, and they they didn't have a tire that. He, held the weight of the car and did the speed that it did. So Avon were like, no, we need a, I don't know, 15-inch by 9-inch wheel or something. Yeah, yeah, sure. And then Bentley, they had, you know, some pretty yeah, so big brakes in yeah, mind. Yes, so they do, they do uh, mm. reduce the size of the rows, so they put two calipers on yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, they just went with the old caliper that they already had and they just put one either side inside this tiny, you know, 15-inch wheel. That's, that's a crack-up, isn't it? It's so make-do British. It's so English. Oh, know, yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of that on those cars. They're really, yeah. is, you know. But they're, they're good. They're, they're, when they're good, they're great. When they're bad, they are horrible. Well, they reckon there's very few things that cost you more to own than an old Bentley Turbo with regards to fault-finding when something isn't working. Yeah, it just could be anything. Or everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like you said... When they work, my goodness. Yeah. What an event. Event yeah, is a yeah, thing, That's yeah. the term. Good what an adjective. Event, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're pretty fast. Yeah. Oh, they are. Like, you know, yeah. when you're in something that big and it's moving at that speed. Yeah. I and felt, I got a bit, you know, that it's interesting you bring that up about a big, heavy car that goes through the Earth's atmosphere at 
a hor- horrific rate, right? Yeah. I felt like that the first time I drove a KN Turbo. Oh, yeah. They are oh, fast. My goodness. Have you ever been in one time? No. It is just horrifying how bad this car is for it, how you stop it. Like, you know what I mean? It does stop. Don't get me wrong. It, yeah. it is, it's a good truck. Right, but my goodness, it was just scared the absolute bejesus. And they handle well too. They they actually do. Surprised me. Yeah, I did a track day with Stuart Mazira, Uh, Thomas. Thomas Mazira. Sorry. Oh, what a man! If he's ever he works out Mount Cotton, doesn't he? He does. He does. I believe he's he's been semi-retired in you know air quotation marks for the last ten years because he's also little does everyone know like a pretty much professional golfer yeah okay but like in the oh ricky ponting style what's the what's the term you use when someone's in their like twilight years and they're a pro master masters yeah 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 so that's that's what he kind of gets Gosh. up to most of his time but I, if you went around the track with him i yeah he I drove could, my 968 i had back then oh he's a handy fella oh he's well, you, amazing look, yeah how many times did i race bathurst yeah, quite a lot, and then got no, no. Well, no one talks about him, but you know, well, there's a whole, there's a whole generation of touring car drivers that didn't win Bathurst. Yeah, isn't there? You know, well, you know, people like Brocky and Dick Johnson were, and Moffat were taking all the wins. I suppose so because they did it so often. But yeah, Thomas is a, an absolute demon behind the wheel of a KN. I do actually have a pretty good story from some of those track days we used to put on with like customers, and. uh I started in, yeah, 08. So I caught the back end of 997 Gen 1 and then 997 Gen 2 sure. come out and there's a bloke with a PDK uh, C4S and he was you know, a bit loud mouth and telling everyone how good he was on this track day. And I think it was Fabian Coulthard took a car full of, uh, yeah, a, a KN diesel. It was like early KN diesel with five people in it around Barbagello and and overtook him under brakes on the last corner coming down the straight and an old mate pulled off the track and came in and was looking under his car and opening the bonnets. What's and, wrong with this? Yeah, thing? yeah, saying that there's something yeah. wrong with it. Yes. And I, th- I think Thomas come over and was I th- just. I like, think it was the um the tool behind the wheel. Yeah, between the seat and the and the steering wheel. Yeah, yeah. There's something <laughs> wrong, but yeah, you know those boys know. What, what are they? Doing. What are the race uh, directors or the you know the team managers of race? Um, teams often refer to the driver as the space filler they fill the space between the seat and steering wheel <laughs> yeah definitely definitely and some of these guys like i think thomas actually said this to me one day like the the, the difference in skill and ability between a professional racing driver and me or you guys is the same difference in ability and skill as we have running 100 meters the same time as usain bolt yeah. like that that difference is still the same. You just it's less tangible and less easy to measure. Yeah. But like, none of us are cool enough to drive a GT3 RS with the traction control and that often set, you know, yeah. millisecond similar well, lap, lap, after lap, yeah. after lap after lap after yeah. lap. No, and these guys do. Yeah. And 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 it, it's it's pretty incredible. Really. Look, as aspirational as that is, very few people get to the opportunity to generate an income from it yeah you know very few like the oh. number of people that have bra- dragged mum and dad through the process to try and become a driver absolutely to generate as a source of income that the you know like really how many in wa have done it 
Yeah, there's there's four not four or five really. It's yeah. across you know, and you go to Balbagello's, there's plenty of them there with yeah, big money setups and stuff like that. It, it is not a good use of income, like no. It, <laughs> it, the, and it is their job though. Like you know, you you say the difference between Usain Bolt and us running hundred meters is the difference between us driving and. Mazira driving, right? Yeah, absolutely. But that is actually his job. Like, there's no way he would be able to sell a house like Simon. No. Or ride a or, monkey bike. Yeah, or ride a monkey bike. That's right. <laughs> you know, so the I, I always, because I often come across this perspective in my previous job with professional cyclists and mm. keen absolutely. cyclists. Mm. And the best description, like I've spent a lot of time with professional cyclists over the years, either in Europe, staying with them or training with them or socially right yeah yeah and they've the best example i was given is you either pay to ride or you get paid to ride <laughs> there is nothing in the middle it's one mm. or the other and and they point out you've got to remember there's only about half the f1 drivers get paid to drive really the other half are paying to drive you know whether yeah. they bring their sponsor with them or However it is that it works. And I suppose I never thought of it like that. You know, so, and then when you talk about the pay to ride for the professional mm. cyclists, for them, they said, it's just shades of brown. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like you're either, you're either shit or you're really shit. There's nothing, there's not much <laughs> in the middle, you know, you're, or you're, you're somewhere in that middle. Otherwise, if you're good, you're paid to do it. You know, there's, you know, <laughs> so regardless of these aging lycra clad people going around you know riding their bikes don't get me wrong i reward their enthusiasm they're improving their longevity you know through heart oh, health yeah. and all that sort of stuff but the time they're putting into it for the return exercises for mental health and yeah. some of those people yeah not too sure about their mental stability you <laughs> know when it comes to oh, some, there's, there's some pretty serious punters in perth you know especially older fellas and you, you hear the sort of k's they do i mean i'm sure you'd hear more than me but like you know, a lot of these guys are doing 100K a day or something like that. There's a guy on my street in that category. Yeah. That's pretty admirable to me, you know, like just having that. Oh, it's discipline. That's all it is. You know, you know, having that focus to. Yeah. You know, look, to give you an idea, if you're fit, you're averaging 30 to 32Ks an hour, right? Mm. If you're riding 100Ks, if you're doing over 33Ks an hour, you're going really well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's three hours for every 100 kilometres if you're going really well. But you're likely doing somewhere between 25 and 30, depending on the terrain and the wind and all that sort of thing, right? So you're probably closer to four hours for every 100 k's. You do that every day? You don't work. Well, if you do, (laughs) you're not putting enough energy into your work that you're getting paid to do. Probably not. Probably not. But, you know. Yeah, but anyway, that's... As an example, I'm just giving, you know, the, the concept of, you know, the whole very good versus... Very, Punters. very good. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, the um, tell us about the uh, 964. You felt like you said you've had it for a few years. You're a would have to be probably one of the youngest 964 owners that I know of. Yeah, I have thought about this. I have, I have tried, I've been on Instagram before and tried to see whether I can find any younger ones. I, you know, well, you're in the fortunate position to have um, fortunate. The, the, the timing the word. was impeccable, obviously, because yeah. if you were to buy one today, it's at a whole different equation to when you would have bought it four years ago with the value of the cars, right? Yeah, and even then, you know, I, the the, mm. the fellow I bought it from, he did me a massive solid. Was sympathetic. You know. Oh, 100%. He was he was massively sympathetic, and you know, I wore him down too. So, <laughs> um, so work on the ladies. 
I don't know about that. The wearing yeah. them down bit. <laughs> no. That's how the rest of us do it. <laughs> really? Yeah. I might, you know. Sounds um, frowned upon. But uh, no, like I, I, I don't know. Where do I start? I think my stories can get a bit long, but I went to a 16th or a 17th birthday party from someone I went to school with. And, you know, I wasn't good friends with him, but I was good friends with people that were there. And I saw it in the shed and it, they had like a bit of a DJ set up and it, it kind of just never left my mind. And over the years... You were working at Chillingworth this time? Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd left school at that point. So, um, and I must say, like, I, I don't have any sort of Porsche contacts in my life. Like, up until working at Chillingworth, I'd never been in a Porsche, you know. Like sure. I, I lived a very fortunate upbringing, but I wasn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't have any, um, like, tangible real world connection to Porsche. It was just, yep, sure. you know, it was a cool car. Yep. And I knew I was always a massive car nerd. Like I have so many street machine and just, just cars, magazines and, you know, Evo and all that kind of crap. Pretty much like the listeners of this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Well, I would hope so. You know, like it makes me feel a little bit better that I'm not the only one, but yeah, I, I, I knew what they were. And then obviously starting at Porsche, I'd, I probably just started and uh, yeah, spotted this car in the shed which at the time I, I thought it was a, a 3.2 um, and I had a cover on it and stuff like that. And I certainly saw the shape. Yeah. And it was kind of in the dark too. And, and I think I'd probably had, you know, maybe like one and a half double black cruises or something like that. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. <laughs> so I was probably, you know, my memory wasn't that good, but yeah, as the years went by, I used to see his son around and then I kind of got a little bit more friendly with him and, I used to just ask him, oh, when's your dad going to sell me that old 911, this and that? And it went on for some years. Like it would have been, you know, nine on eight to ten years. And I used to pop around there and, you know. Get Make told, sure the car was still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get told it was never getting sold. And then he actually has, I think, like four or five sons. And then one of them kind of just stopped fielding my inquiries. And I'd, I'd ask the other ones and this and that. And, yeah, you know, finally... I, I asked and it, the answer was come round and I kind of shat myself and was like, oh, I've got to, you know, maybe pull the money together now. But yeah, I was, <laughs> when so I got told which to isn't come, a small sum, let's face it, oh, no, it's particularly not. in your 20s. Yeah, in your 20s and um, on a mechanic's wage. Like it was, sure. a, mm-hmm. it was a stretch. It was a bit of my house savings that I... Yeah, I get it. You know, mum was not uh, not pleased when I... It was in an account, right, that mum made me open when I first started my apprenticeship. And yeah, okay. And it was like every every bit of my pay, sorry, every pay, a little bit went into there. And the agreement for the closing the account was it had to close and, you know, all the funds be withdrawn and both parties be, you know, in attendance or in agreement yeah, or whatever. Yeah, sure. And, yeah, convincing my mum. That yeah, a 964 was a good idea. Oh, uh, look, I think she knew how much it kind of meant you know like, yeah sure mm. it, it, but anyway this guy calls you around yeah he called me around and 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 i was in melbourne at the time and, and i was waiting about eight hours for a plane to arrive from sydney after a dust storm and and yeah i got i got the go ahead to come over and i was kind of like shit in my pants a little bit saturday rolls around and i'm back in perth and i drive around there and he he, he told me he was going to clean it and it was out the front of the shed and I pulled down this long gravel driveway and it was kind of at the end. And as I got closer, I was like, oh, my heart really sank when I saw it was a 964. And I was just like, yeah, I can't afford this sort of thing. 
and uh you know i I walked around it and i was it was like everything i'd yeah. ever hoped for yeah. but but i was but knowing it's a 964 and where you're at yeah yeah and at, at the time a 964 was a 120 130 grand car sure but it mm-hmm. a, a you know pretty peachy uh 3.2 was probably you know 60 to 80 yep like it was that was yeah a lot of money yes yeah but like it was a, a it, lot less than now yeah but a lot of money nonetheless yeah and it, and it but it was achievable in a sense you know mm-hmm. and um yeah, I said to him, you know, like, I, I thought this was a 3.2. I don't want to waste your time. I'm not here to kind of piss in your pocket. Yeah, well, just to let low you know. him or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. I was, you know, you've been super nice putting up with me all these years and invite me around here. And I was like, oh, you know, what what sort of money do you want for the car? And he was he was like, oh, I reckon we just go for a drive. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, I, I'm going to waste your time. Like, I, I don't, yeah, I, I don't think you understand sort of like how much I can afford sort of thing just a mechanic you know how much you want for it and he's like how about we go for a drive and he actually lived on um the end of mundaring weir road so i was kind of oh, like yeah, oh, yeah okay terrible place to test drive a car. oh the worst especially yeah. a 911 <laughs> yeah don't know how i managed to get through that but yeah we he, he didn't really he's not he's a fairly um what's the word uh stoic's not the right word but he doesn't say much he doesn't let up much and he's not much of a conversation sure and we're driving along and, uh, yeah, I haven't heard anything for about 10 minutes. And we're all the way down Mundaring Weir Road, almost in California. Is this you driving or him? It was him driving, yeah. Because yeah. I told him, I was like, look, I think I, I can't afford this car. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we get, you know, about 10 minutes down the trip and he just kind of goes, how about X? X, hmm. yeah. And it was very, very attractive and... Fantastic. Know, yeah, it, it, it was a steal. He... He knew I worked at Porsche, and he knew how much I wanted it, and you know he he, hmm. he did and, ha- and how much his five sons wouldn't appreciate it if they inherited it. Yeah, and and I don't think they were, any of them had any interest in it, which is weird. But you know. that is odd because it like it's an enthusiast's car, right? Yeah, if yeah, you're a nine eleven owner, you're a car enthusiast. You're not, you know, the days of dentists buying them are done. You know, yeah. especially. Uh, well, more so now than back then, I mean. So oh, like, I think so. Yeah, yeah, back then if you're a nine six four owner, you weren't buying that car for its badge. You were buying other brands in the early nineties for a Absolutely. badge. Absolutely. It's not comfortable, it's not practical, it's not good on fuel, it's not good around town. It, it yeah, like, you, you have to love cars to buy nine eleven, right? Absolutely. So it's amazing that someone who's like that who's bought one hasn't instilled that enthusiasm in their children. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it. I'm I'm happy that that's the case because yeah, I wouldn't sure. have it otherwise. But but yeah, I, I, you know, and and sure enough, I got the car. But yeah. but between then, it was a Saturday, and then it was Sunday, and and I remember Sunday was like, I just felt. Did you even sleep? No, nah, I felt crook. I did, <laughs> I, and and I I was just arguing with, not arguing, but just continuing. I was on car sales with Mum, going, look look at them all. They're all 120, 130. Like there's a real mint one for like you know 200 and. And mum was like, look, you're, you're an adult. That's, I don't that's approve, your but money. don't go yeah. and do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you, if you, if you want to take that risk, that's on you, but you, you, you know, you're big enough and ugly enough to, to yeah. wear it. And, 
in that time, I was also shitting myself that he's going to go on car sales. And, and then dump it on there for the price that he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and like I was at Mon- at work on Monday and I just, you know, I don't know what the hell went on that day. I was just, <laughs> I was just waiting to see because it was in like, I had to get uh, money from three different banks into one bank account so they could write a bank check. Then yeah, I could okay. get off work, race over to uh, Claremont Court to get my bank check and just... Yeah, I grabbed my stepdad because mum wasn't home and just made him drive me up the up the road to this car. And and sure enough, old mate came good. And I think the conversation lasted about two minutes. And he, he, he you know, had the papers all filled out. And all I had to do was sign, sign and give it. me the check. Yeah. And uh, he shook my hand and he just said, you know, I hope I hope you appreciate kind of what I'm doing for you. And wonderful. I'll, I'll be very, very upset if I see it on car sales. Hmm. And I was like... I, you know, like I... Yeah, so would you. 100%. Yeah. And, you know, at this rate, I probably won't be able to buy another one as long as I'm a mechanic. But, you know... You got I, one. I'm, I'm very grateful that someone gave me Yeah, good. Advice. Great story. Yeah. The, um... What have, you, what have you had to do to the car since? Like a car of 1990, if it's, if it was in the shed a bit when you saw it. I imagine it didn't have a lot of Ks on it when you bought it. No, it's not about 120... Okay, so it's done a bit then. Yeah. You're not, not completely... No, and, and, and you can, if you read the service book, it did that probably in the first 10 years of its life. Like yeah, and whoever, then, it, then, owned it. then less after, once you got out of it. Yeah, yeah. So the gent that had it, uh, he did about 1,000 Ks in 10 years. And, and when I picked it up, actually driving it home, the clutch slave shat its guts out, going down Greenmount Hill. Oh, man. So, so it stayed in third gear, which is a multi-purpose gear in that car. It is, long. a lot of torque. Yeah, a lot of tall. It's very tall, you know. They got me home. But, yeah, I, I did the old... Um, it was a bit of head shaking from mum, like, oh, God, the, this thing's even already broken down. No, I came home and she had a massive smile on her face and she was kind of gave me a big hug and was Yeah, like, okay, good mum. Good on you. You, you. You've done it. She she could see. First day of taking it to work would have been a bit special too. It, it was, it was. But there was also this... Uh, and I still get it, some sort of like... I don't know whether it's shame or... Imposter syndrome. Yeah, where I don't feel like it, I've earned it somehow. Or I get this awful <laughs> feeling because you, like, you obviously pull up at the servo and, and it's, it's a pretty... Um, it's, it's a sort of car that older fellas like come up to you and go, oh, you know, I always wanted one of these, but I can never afford it. And I just feel like the worst bloke ever, <laughs> you know. I wish I could be like, oh, you know, it's my dad sort of thing, but yep. it, yeah, it's sure. not. But yeah, taking it to work was good. I um, I, I had it for about three months before anyone at work knew about it. Yeah, okay. And I just didn't really know how to mm. break it. Broach a subject. Yeah, and and I just parked it in the car park one day, and then I drove it home. And I don't think anyone noticed apart from a couple of the lads that I told. And then the next day, there's like a, I come back from road test and there's like this bit of a hoo-ha and there's like a whole bunch of people standing around the safe and they're like looking for keys. And then someone was like, oh, have you got, do you know who's that, 964 that, that, that is? is out there? And I was like, yeah, it's, it's mine. And, and they're like, haha, no, really. And I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of just like, oh, you know, all right then. No, no, don't, whatever. And then. The day went on and then about an hour later, I remember my service manager coming back in just being like, is that actually yours? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's mine, it's mine. And he was just super perplexed. 
But, you know, a lot of the guys at work were, were, were super stoked. Yeah, and... fantastic. I'm glad that they were happy for you rather than, you know, bitter about, you know, the fact that you've got one and they don't. Yeah. Which oh, I imagine there would be some of that in the workplace anyway, you know. Yeah. Particularly I mean, working there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the, the, the technicians were kind of pretty stoked. But, you know, one of, one of the other lads who I think probably good, good yarn on your podcast you know, followed suit about a year later, getting a nine twelve, and yeah, you know, awesome. You know, when when I saw him get that and know that he'd, you know, worked at Porsche for nine years, and it's kind of the thing that he'd been after for ages. It, it is a nice feeling, you know. Like, it is. It, mm. it is actually pretty unlikely for somebody to be on a mechanic's wage and buy, you know, a, a, what is essentially over a hundred, hundred and fifty yeah. grand car. Like it's it's pretty uncommon. And and certain things really do have to go your way for it to happen. And you, you well, it's great when they do. Yeah, and and you know, it's not like that wasn't the first bloke's door I knocked on. Like I knock on people's doors flat out. I get told, you know, get off their property and you know this and that. <laughs> and or before you've even been able to say, hey, you know, I'm Ben. I want to have a chat about. They just, oh, it's not for sale. Like, and you're yeah. like, oh, all right. Yeah, because you're the 80th person. Yeah, that year yeah, that's yeah. like having yeah. a supermodel for a girlfriend. Yeah. And everyone's <laughs> ogling over a sort of thing. But, but yeah, you know, if you bang on enough doors, yeah. some of them like open. How, you know, Delkeith Road. Yeah. Which is, you know, around the corner. Yeah. How many people you reckon have knocked on the door of that house that's got that 911 under yeah. a cover? <laughs> that car's been under that cover. That's got to be, what, 15 years it's been under oh, that yeah, cover? It's, Longer, maybe? Well, 15 years is. is the time that I've been in Chellingworth and it's been there the whole time. Yeah, yeah. So it's on Delkeith Road. It's, it's parked outside, Simon. It's a good colour too. It's like a viper green. Never like, seen it. Is it apple? Apple. Never green? seen the car. I've only. Been, I know oh. it's a nine eleven from the shape of the cover on it. You know, yeah. and that's that's all I know about it. And it's got R comps on it. Like it's got like eighty oh eights or something. Like someone, really? Yeah. Someone must the the person that put it there must be into cars. Like it just. Wouldn't... But it never moves, Ben. It, no, it does. It does because it used to be in the carport. Ah, okay. I did not realise that. And then it moved back. It's got like a parachute tarp over it. Not even yeah. a proper car cover. You know what I mean? It's yeah. It's like a. It's it's the, the colour of that Spotify logo. I don't know where the Viper Green goes back mm. that long, or well, it's that, Apple Green. Or well, that would have to be. Well, if it's that colour, it'd have to be like a Longwood car or something, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's a Longwood car. It's a Longwood car. Yeah, okay. it's got um. It has gold badging, so I don't know whether it's like it's a nine twelve. I don't think it is. I think it's a 911. I have never seen it up close. Mm, okay. But yeah. yeah I, dr- I, use, I drive past it daily all the time. I've knocked on their door like you on have? two occasions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and I got the the wife and she was, she told me that the husband, you know, didn't want to sell it. And then I knocked on it again and no one was home and I kind of, you know. But there's so many cars like that around there. Well, just around the further around the corner on Carrington, I also knocked on, I knocked on a door there for a guy who had a Fiat X19 parked outside for Ever. Yeah, and it was, it was about three years it was, it was super pretty too. Yeah, it was, yeah. I, you know the weirdest thing about that house was like that car wasn't there when I started at Chillingworth. And then when it turned up, like that thing was super, super nice. And it just sat out the front and just got, got filled worse. up full of leaves. And yeah, it's like under that tree. Yeah. yeah I, so I knocked on the door a couple times, no, it's dad's he doesn't want to do anything with it. Clearly. And then, he and then, want to and then it, it popped up on car sales for like Two grand or something. But Did it, it sold, really? Yeah, and I rang it up and it sold within an hour or something. There, I mean, there, there's a lot of really cool cars that are just dormant around. I, uh, I knocked on a door today, actually. Did you? What was yeah, it? Yeah, a duplex pair in uh, Sterling. Okay. That's yeah. a good spot. 
Yeah. For Aussie <laughs> muscle cars. Well, hold on. Okay, I'm oh, holding. Oh, here, here we, we go. go. Yeah. Datsun 1200 Coupe. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Pre-120Y. Pre Couldn't believe how petite they are. Yeah, They're minuscule. Really small. Anyway, it went something like this. No! We don't want to sell the car! Yeah. <laughs> I go, hello? Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. So it's like one of those conversations back to front, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of those. Yeah. I was so. in... um. I was on the uh, Ballerine Peninsula, which is that um, opposite of the Mornington Peninsula of Port Phillip Bay in Victoria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you yeah. know, down towards uh, Queenscliff, that sort of area. Yeah, yeah. It's a gorgeous spot. Yeah, driving down there would have been maybe four years ago now, three or four years ago. And there's a farm property, like a little hobby farm type thing. And there would have been, I reckon... 50 combis all lined up. Oh, I've seen it. I've been there. Yeah. 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 Really? <laughs> yeah. They, they are lined up forever, these combis, right? All sorts. You know, <laughs> bay windows, low lights, yep. split windows, campers, high tops, you know, utes, the whole thing, right? I'm driving past. Stop. Go and have a look. Go and knock on the door. As I knock on the door, all I heard was a similar thing. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, especially with something as recognisable yeah. as a combi. I mean, a Datsun twelve hundred, you're only going to get anoraks, but yeah. combis, you're going to get every. every. And it was on the it's on the main road too. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I said to the guy, "We'll hide them," and then I left. Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly where that is. So, yeah. so how did the Datsun twelve hundred check her? That was it. She told me no before I even asked. Oh, that sucks. See, yeah. I've I've been. She was wearing fluffy acrylics too. Oh. Yeah, nice slip-ons <laughs> in the dark. You get me, get me all rolled up over here, Simon. <laughs> so, um, I want if anyone's listening and has a story about a door knock that came good, we'd love to hear about it. Oh, I have, man. I have a few that are more notable than others. That came good. Yeah, okay. I, I didn't buy the car, but I, I, I didn't intend to either. I knew that it was kind of out of reach and. You guys might even know the car, but in Hazelmere. So I lost my license when I was 17. Like a good 17-year-old does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you got to do it, you yeah. know, especially a mechanic. What, just absent-mindedness or something? Uh, absent, yeah, I don't know. Absent-breakedness. A DIY, yeah. BYO speed limits, I think. Yeah, okay. And um, just lots of them, not, yeah, not yeah. massive ones, but just lots. Oh, accumulation of points. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah okay, not just, one big incident. Nah, nah. Yeah, yeah, goodbye. Although right. I did get a, I did get a ripper in, uh, in Bullsbrook. It was like a hundred and ten zone that goes to ninety, and then a school zone. Oh, that hurts. Yeah, that was a, that was a ripper. Mm. But yeah, I lost my license, and I used to have to ride from. Uh, this is how I got into riding, and then I, I rode from Greenmount to uh, Nedlands. It was just, I don't know. I mean, I didn't start out doing that. I used to, you know, catch the train a bit. Yeah, ride down to Midland train station, get on the train, yeah, yeah. get off of the city, and then ride up Mount. Yeah, yeah, good one. But yeah, I wanted, I had to go through Hazelmere, and under was well, the most decrepit looking carport in Hazelmere was you know this beautiful horseshoe grill of like quite a you know pre-war race car looking thing, and I I'd ridden past it like pretty much every other day, and I was just like, oh, that. That can't be a Bugatti. Like, it, no one in their right mind <laughs> in Hazelmere. Is it would... that Bugatti right there? It is. It is. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the car. Yeah, and, okay. and I don't know. Did you ever see where it was? Yeah, there's a photo of it in the Yeah, it just 
the most <laughs> nondescript. Yeah, Alex Pre- Alex spoke about this car. Yeah, and 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 I kind of I rocked over, and there's one day I was got home a bit earlier than others, and thought oh, I'll I'll knock on this guy's door, knock on the dude's door forever, doesn't answer, but I could hear like a whirring out the back, and I kind of poked my head around the side, and I could see it was like a Bugatti, and I was kind of like, I don't know whether I, I am I allowed <laughs> to say the f word, maybe not. You have, have I? Well, I poked my head around the corner and I was literally just about to say hi. And the bloke was like, F off, it's not for sale. And I was just like, oh, you know, I would have been 17. Like, and I was like, oh, I, I gathered that. Like, I can't afford it. And he's kind of like, well, what do you want? And I was like, I just want to have a chat. Like, <laughs> where'd this come from? Yeah, what? And he was like, I'm busy. And he's like, where do you live? And I was like, Greenmount. And he's like, can you come back tomorrow? And I was like, uh. yeah. And he's like, well, I'll see you tomorrow. And then, <laughs> and then he went back in the shed and I was, I was looking at it. And at that point I got a little bit closer and I was like, this is actually a Bugatti. Like, and I didn't know of the car. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I went home and I Googled the shit out of Bugattis in Perth and you know, you don't get heaps on it, especially not 10 years ago. Like yeah, it's sure. pretty well documented now. But yeah, I went back the next day and I got the full story on it and I was I was I was pretty flawed, you know, like it's a pretty serious bit of gear. Important just, car. Yeah, mm. yeah. Not only just, you know Globally important. Yeah, car. yeah, significant. It's the only as far as I understand, type fifty seven TT, like that body style left. I think there was like four made or something like yeah, that. Okay. I'm no authority, yeah, okay. but like it's the only remaining one, and I know it's been rebodied and sure. that that sort of thing. But like, hundred year old car that was mm. raced like continuously is going to get repaired. But yeah, I mean that was my best door knocking story for such a long time. Yeah, and then, great one. And then all of a sudden it just like rocks up on the news and everyone knows about it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I was I was telling people for ages that I knew this fella in Hazelmere that had it. <laughs> but he, you know he's a cantankerous old bastard. But he's. He, once he can tell that you're actually interested, he... He'll give you the time. Yeah, and he's he's full of knowledge. He is, and, he, you know, he he's a pretty clever dude, and he makes a lot of stuff in his shed for yeah, it. Yeah, good on him. But, yeah. We, we'd all love to be able to do that. Especially for, a, you know, like some of those old cars, like, you just, you can't buy parts. you got to make them. Mm. The, um, I... I wouldn't, it's not a door knock story, but I got dragged into a commercial unit about oh, maybe 12 months ago now. And there is a guy in there restoring an old Bugatti big limo thing, right? He's rebodying this car at the moment. Mm-hmm. He had the chassis and the motor. Right. And the, you know, this guy that's doing the rest. It's not his car, he's doing it for someone else. And he also, Himself? yep, he also had a. Correct me if I'm wrong on the pronunciation, Hispano Suiza. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Parked right next to it that he was finishing, that was getting put in a container and sent to North America. So this guy, who I'd never known before, is a Scottish guy. Yeah, I think we're panel make panel maker, right? Okay. Metalwork guy. And um he just basically did it. And the reason I was there is because the person I know was he was also doing some work on this mini chassis. Or, right body for this mm. guy he's the mini guy apparently as well and but yeah i go there whoa Zal, look at this thing what is it 
spaghetti. Whoa! <laughs> How many, you know, spaghettis um, are there actually getting around, you know, in WA, I, mean, I wonder? I, I do know of another one. Uh, it's a Brescia. It's um, X yeah, okay. car that kind of vanished for a bit, but it's less of a door knocking story and more of a just a, a random Perth being small story. But uh, again, I went to a party quite some time ago and uh, the party was hosted at this girl's granddad's gorgeous place in Mount Lawley and I don't know, I, I think I'd had a few wines and uh, had a bit of a chat to him and he took a bit of a shining to me apparently. And uh, yeah, about 10 years go by and, and apparently he's getting a bit old and kind of needs some motivation and inspiration to finish this car off. And, you know, the, the girl kind of says, oh, hey, you know, would you mind coming around and maybe having a chat to granddad? And, you know, no one really shows interest in what he does and, you know, have a bit of a yarn. And I was like, I'd love to, you know, like... Mm -hmm. And she kept saying he's got a Bugatti. And I, you know, you, people don't have Bugattis. It's just, yeah. it, <laughs> yeah. just how it is. It was a Corolla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was just taking it with a bag of salt going, oh, you know, lovely girl, very clever. Granddad probably doesn't have a Bugatti. Yeah. But go around there and, yeah, sure enough, the lovely old bloke has a Bugatti brusher in his shed. And I was just kind of like, oh, I'd prepared myself for this yeah, not flawed. to be the case. Yeah. but. Yeah, didn't really know what to do. Just spent a lot of time doing looking and not talking. But, but yeah, I've, that's never been one. You've I've been never been one either, either. But I'd love to. I, I think, think one of those. Let's find one. If oh, anybody out there, what's that? <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Let's what? get behind the wheel of a Bugatti. I want to know. I want to know if the hype is as good as it is. You know, it has to be. Those like type thirty five. I know A's. they won everything forever, didn't they? But they were like straight a three. 3.3 litre, double overhead cam. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they're a 2.3 litre. Were they? they? They're only small capacity. We're talking about Type 35. High revving. Yeah, yeah, high revving. They had needle needle roller bearings yeah. in the cams and the crank. Yeah, yeah because and then some of them were that's supercharged. Reliable. And the cranks um, are pressed together. Yeah, like a motorbike yeah. crank. Like they, I'm pretty sure they made like 250 horsepower. And the cars weighed like three, four hundred kilos. Yeah. And they got bike tires and cable operated yeah. drum oh, brakes. Oh, the drum brakes, I know. But they had to be good things. Oh, look the, at the drums are built into the a... wheels. Yeah. And oh, they are? I, mm. And I believe that those were the first uh, production mag wheels on a car. Yeah, true. Really? Yeah, which was like the point of difference for the for yeah, okay. Bugatti. But, but yeah, they... Like Winning they're... over a thousand races in its time. There's just no chance that that isn't a good thing to drive. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they revved to like six grand in yeah. the 30s or 20s. Like, 20s, 20s it was. Like yeah. that must have been just out of control. Supercars. Yeah, yeah like it, one and a half one, litre. 1.5. Okay. That yeah. must have been the four cylinder. So it must... here, here we go. Look, the original model, 1924, three valve, two litre. But even that, three valves per cylinder. That's yeah. amazing, isn't it? Yeah, let alone over, double overhead cam, uh, straight eight. Like, it, outrageous. They sound amazing. Whenever you whenever you see oh. videos or something of them like that, they're um, so exciting. I went it? to the first Grand Prix at the uh, at Adelaide, you know, the, the, the new Australian Grand Prix. Right. And uh, got to go in a um, 57 Corvette right. on what's called the Eagle on the Hill Run. Yeah, I know. I know. And so you run up, you know, the hills outside Adelaide to the top of the hill, and all the cars gather. And there were three of these Type Thirty Five Bs, um, Bugattis on the road. Uh, they were allowed to drive on the streets for this event, and so we were driving next to these things, and they sounded more like motorcycles. 
like um, you know, high buses or some bloody thing. They were really revvy, no flywheel. Rah, 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 yeah, rah, rah, yeah. Rah, you know, just sensational. And these guys were giving the beans. Oh, isn't really it good, good to see those old fellas just absolutely yeah. getting into them? It's like when you watch the um, the historic good. racing in the UK and you see like 26 Daytona GDOs just getting flogged, you know? <laughs> yeah, like touching yeah. guards and stuff. <laughs> <You're trying. laughs> like, who has that sort of money, hey? Well, uh, the, Lords. There was a, no, there's a great um, interview after one of the races, right, of, of this to- exact incident you're talking about, you know, panel touching of 250 GDOs, right? And one of the drivers says, look, the cars are worth a lot of money, right? But nothing we can do to these cars is going to devalue it. Isn't that crazy? And he's right. Yeah. You know, like if you're on a G- 250 GDO, what's well, probably a $100 million motor car these days, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, there something, about. something stupid. would be a number like that, right? Yeah. It's a... Academic. Yeah, it is academic. Yeah. Exactly. Definitely not less but than $50 million. the worst less. you could possibly do, completely spin the car eight times on its roof, right? What's going to cost the repair? 500 grand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in the scheme of the whole thing. And you know what? It, it won't devalue the car by having that repair done because, you know, it'll probably get sent straight back to Ferrari to get done yeah, anyway. Or, or GDO Classico or, or whoever. Or yeah. Yeah. So they said, what, what can we do that's going to affect the value of these cars? And he's right, nothing. Yeah. It'll be the same with these things. With these type thirty fives, and and as long as it's like documented, it's all uh, provenance, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> you're right. It is. There you go. Look, ninety horsepower. Ninety horsepower. Which which model's that? Sorry, that's the type, type thirty five. But so seven hundred and fifty kilos though. Yeah. So my. Geez, a lot of those dimensions look I, very I similar to a three five six. You needed to fact check me. Pretty pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> um. So what is a supercharged one, mate? I think that I think would I say that I just saw that a second ago. Hang on, where was it? One hundred and thirty-eight horsepower. That must have been absolutely otherworldly. Twenty-nine. Yeah. Like what? What else was made in nineteen twenty-nine? Made one hundred and thirty-eight horsepower. Probably something like a uh, what are those big uh, American things like the V sixteen? Yeah, Duesenbergs yeah, and stuff like that. They probably put you know had a red line about one thousand two hundred RPM right yeah. that. Well, they, they well, the Rolls Royces with the big Mercury uh, motors in them, oh, or whatever they're called, you Merlins, know. Merlins, yeah. Yeah, Merlins, that's it. But yeah, that's pretty crazy. It, that, that's a fast car by today's standards. Yeah. 138 horsepower, 750 kilos. Yeah, it's a good number. That yeah, that's probably that'll probably have the pants down on a Lotus Seven, <laughs> like a four AGE Lotus Seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So, um, what are the car plans for the coming week, boys? Anything exciting happening? Oh, I did uh, I did this cool mod to my car where I went to put my window down on my way home the other night and then I opened the gate and I thought, oh, my window's not down. And then I went to touch the switch again and I'm, my finger was about an inch away from my driver's window switch and I didn't even get to touch it and the window just disappeared into the door. <laughs> it dropped down, did yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> I was like... What oh, car is this? The 964. Yeah, okay. It's just, Like, it's just, if it's, you know, you've got to be into old... German cars <laughs> it, to enjoy them. You just got to have a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I had to piss myself laughing, parked it under the house, and I took it to work the next day, which was yesterday. And uh, I pulled the door trim off, and the, the the rail that like lifts the window is is just like mild steel, zinc plated, and it's, yeah. and it's just um, folded or something, is it? Nah, it's just because it's a U shape. Yeah. It just collects water, and the whole oh, bottom it's rusted is out. rusted. Yeah. yeah. Like all good zinc plating does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I need to replace that, and um, 
I think driving here, I picked up a nail. I could hear that going. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's so probably a puncture repair and order some window rails. Yeah, okay. And, um, <laughs> I mean, I, I do have quite the list, but it's it's pretty, it's like you know, pulling teeth of a list. Well, where's the list end? Let's face it. You yeah. Know? We were just talking I'm about like that, you know, with my the paint. You know, someone uh, very kindly, you know, glanced the rear of the 964 mm. on the way to Cars and Coffee the other day and was talking about do I paint the whole car because you know a I don't have the funds but I definitely don't have the funds to do it how I would like and then if you make it too nice then you don't want to drive it like we've talked about this before yeah. at the concourse like some of these cars are they're like, too good yeah they look wet the the paint is just stunning yeah. yeah and I don't think it's an enjoyable way to have a car well it's just a paranoia involved you know yeah. it goes with it like I know at some point I'm going to crack open the pinata of my 356 body-wise, right? I know yeah. what's under that paint. Yeah. It's not nice. And you know what? The car is still mint if you squint. You know what I mean? So Not even that. Your car looks... It presents nicely, right? So I'm not, not going to do anything with it for a while. I think yeah. you've been a bit modest. Like, I, that's better than 90% of the 356s in the world. Yeah, I don't know about that. But oh, the, um, come on. No, I, I, don't, old, I, I, don't, I don't reckon. It, look, nowadays, if a 356 is still going, it is pretty good as a general. Yeah, yeah. I think Porsche has a good stat like that. It's like 90% yeah. or 80% of all Porsches yeah. ever made are still road registered. They're, at the moment, they reckon half of the 356s are left. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. Well, well they stopped making them in 65, right? And uh, there was a very long time where they weren't worth much and people were just harvesting them well, for like race engines for like Beatles. Formula Vs and yeah, yeah. yeah. Baja bugs and mm-hmm. beetles and so there's yeah. actually a Baja bug conversion car thing mm-hmm. in Melbourne at the moment. It's got a four cam motor in it. What? Yeah, it's like it's been in someone's yard now for about thirty years. They got they What's the motor it? came out of a three five six Carrera, right? And um, I don't even know about four cam motors in three five sixes, Simon, but they are they couldn't be worth more if they made out of solid gold. Yeah. Right. They are like the pinnacle of engine design for Porsche for the era, right? And um yeah, the it is Furman engine. Yeah, Furman. Furman. Yeah, yeah, it is incredibly complex motor. It's beautiful, it sounds amazing. And you know the noise you described of the Bugatti? Yeah. Yeah. It's Similar. highly strung, revs its box off, yeah. it's bevel driven, yeah, Cams, double overhead yeah, cam, you yeah. know. The whole thing, it's just an it's amazing just a piece of looking thing too. Yeah, it's an amazing looking motor. But, but, yeah, the, um, but yeah, it's one in a Baja. What was one worth though? Just to buy an engine? Like I don't even think I've seen one for sale. Oh, no, that, what, there was one sold at BAT, bring a trailer, probably only two years ago. And what did it fetch? I think that was about 640 US for the motor. That is just incomprehensible money for an engine, right? Well, for a 90 to 100 horsepower motor, yeah. Yeah. You know the um, but they you can buy a brand new one. There's a company in Switzerland that make them, right? I've seen that. Yeah. I've so seen a that. lot of people. I want to. I won't say a lot, but they are manufacturing them, and people are buying them to put in their five fifty Spider yeah, tribute cars, yeah. right? So, but yeah, those those motors are just unbelievable. You know, I've been fortunate enough to drive two cars with them in. Really? Yep. Uh, there's a the Porsche Centre Melbourne have a Carrera. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I've yeah. driven that car. Okay, and I've also driven a RSK. The 718. Mm-hmm. Yep, 718 RSK in Switzerland, and that was... How did you, how did you swindle that? Well, that's, a, that's an interesting story. The, um, I was after a bearing for my gearbox to get rebuilt 
Right. So I get in touch with a gentleman who turns out uh, that I was given through a second, a third party type thing. So cool. Get in touch with this guy. He does answer emails, but he's not that good on them. Right. <laughs> yeah. I said, okay. Pretty standard story. He said, I said, where, where, you know, I send an email and introduce myself. He rings me. The guy's about 111 years old, right? <laughs> he might be 112. Right. And anyway, he says, oh, my name's Marco. I'm in Zurich. And I said, oh, yeah, great. I need this bearing. I said, look, I know Timken made them for the 356 gearboxes, blah, blah, blah. And um, the only place you can buy them, they're like 350 US for the bearing, one bearing. Everything else in the gearbox is cheap. It's chips, right? Yeah, it's a Volkswagen. I, yeah, a lot of you know, cheap parts. Like Synchros, I think, were about a buck eighty. You know, that's how cheap a lot of the parts are. Then you get this one bearing, right? Yeah. And it was mine was flogged. So I said, I'm oh, this bearing. He goes, oh, yeah, I've got one of those. Just pop in. <laughs> I said, well, I'm actually have to go to Frederickshafen in a month, which I said, I usually fly into Zurich, go to Frederickshafen for the day. For what? Oh, for work I had to go at the time, right? Which is, you know. And um, there's a big bike show on there, and I had some meetings with some people. Anyway, the... I said, on the way back, I've got two days I can spend in Zurich. He says, yeah, yeah, just call me and I'll give you the address. So called him in the high car. He says, yeah, here's, oh, he says, oh, here's the address. Wrote it down, found it, drive down there. Just this nondescript shed type thing. And knock on the door, go in. And it's just like Aladdin's cave, right? And he says, the uh, like, he's just got 80... Porsche steering wheels of various generations all lined up. Like it's like it. a wrecker, but just with, mm. you know, but it's all very orderly, Actually very Swiss. organised, yeah. Yeah, very Swiss, right? He had on his desk four 917 distributors. The big 12 plug ones. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. You know, you need two of them for each car because, yeah, you know, two, they're yeah. twin plugged cars, right? Yeah, so they're yeah. monsters like this. I said, is that up for 917? He goes, yeah, yeah, I've got to send them to... Um, Bruce Canepa. What a man. Right. I'm thinking, yeah, this guy knows everyone. Anyway, we sat down. He says, sit down and make your coffee. Let's have a talk. I said, oh, yeah, look, I need this bearing. He says, yeah, I've got some other stuff you might want. We'll talk about that after we've had a coffee. So we sit down, have a coffee, just talking cars in general. Lovely man. His grandfather was the first importer of Porsche for any market outside of Austria. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, so the very first market was in Switzerland. It was his grandfather, right? And so he's ah. into these back axles in the Porsche family, right? And he says, oh, look, do you want to go for a drive? I'll um, take you down to the, um, the warehouse. And I'm looking around going, warehouse? This place is already amazing. Like he's, got all the, he's got every workshop manual of every model lined up. It's you know, multiple fair, copies. is it? Yeah, it's, it's amazing, right? So I get down. He, he says, oh, I've got a car in the shed. We'll take that. Okay. I say, I've got my high car. If you want to take it? He says, no, no, we'll take, my, we'll take my, the car in the shed. <laughs> and it's an RSK. You know, so it goes in, opens up this barn and starts it up. And whilst they're very amazing sounding engines, yeah. in those cars, the intake noise yeah, is right. amazing. There must be 48 IDF Webbers that yeah, are sitting like, right on your shoulder, yeah. either side, you know, and, you know, just... And nothing between you and them. Yeah, sucking in the oxygen. And we're on the um, freeway. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and he's like he's going. There's a road register. Yeah, yeah, he's given it to car. it. Yeah, yeah, he's given it to it. You remember? It wasn't until nine oh six that all the race cars. Yeah, they were. Road they cars. were all road cars first, and then yeah, right. raced. You know, they built Tyler them as road Florio cars. Yeah, all those cars, right? Anyway, so 
Anyway, we get down to this thing, opens it up. There's two 917s getting restored. There's a 962 that's getting dismantled. There's four 956s in various parts. And there's like no. 30 people working there going, what is this place? Are you still in touch with this guy? Yeah. Like he, he would realistically, this is going back what, four or five years ago now. Okay. Actually, yeah, it would be that long now. And um, I hear from him semi-regularly, like probably twice a year. That's awesome. How are you, Mark? You know, type thing. Anyway, on the way back, he says, you want to drive? I said, yes, I do. Absolutely. Yeah, so it was, yeah, great. One of those great experiences, you know. And yeah. like, I get back. He says, oh, look, I know if you've got a 356, you're going to want this um, anti-roll bar for the front. This is the, whatever it was, 19 millimeter one that everyone fits the front of 356. Yeah. Just take it on hand luggage. It's on me. Well, I had a great afternoon. Hand thanks, luggage. You know? yeah. And I did. I took it home as hand luggage. Yeah, right. The bearing cost me, I think he charged me 80 euros for it or something <laughs> like that. You know, So <laughs> it was just one of those great days that you have that's had... Porsche related, you know? Oh, car stories. I like, you know, cars are good, but I like the, the story people, that goes yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah people very much. Eaten. I reckon you probably, you, you probably got a few. I, oh I read your God. list of uh, past. Uh... There was a, I sold a house in Mount Claremont once and the... Uh, Lady was a widower, and she said, "Oh, I've got a, got a car in the garage, you know." So I said, "Oh, let's have a look do at all that." Do widowers sound like that to you? They all do. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, is that the common uh, lady in Mount Claremont voice that he puts on? <laughs> it's, it's the one. No, and, Mount Claremont. Uh, Mount Claremont. Oh, Mount Claremont. Yeah, they speak differently. The oh, um, my mistake. Open the garage door, and there is a Alpha Montreal. Oh, really? There. Yep. And she offered it to me, and um, oh, I love those cars. I, it was twenty years ago. Charles, my oldest son, was about to turn one, and I could have bought it for fifteen grand. <laughs> I didn't have the I didn't have the fifteen grand. Outrageous! You've really... driven one? No, oh, I, 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 they one. are a cracker V. I, I, I that is a seen great one car. Until the, the Italian car day. Oh, hadn't you? And then I thought it was pretty funny. Because pretty as did it park next to me at Cars and Coffee on the weekend? Great looking car. Yeah, yeah. what a amazing good car. Are they V8s or V6s? Yeah, V8s. Little V8 dry sump. Yep, three okay. liter, I think, aren't they? Uh, three or five or three? Yeah, it's a. Is it a? It's the Batoni or Guggaro? I thought it's a Batoni car, but I think it was whilst um, it's got that Gandini flick on yeah, the it does window, like the Mura, you know. So I wouldn't it? be surprised mm, if Gandini yeah, worked for Bertoni at that time. Mm. Oh yeah, I think he did. But that yeah, that door if you, you saw that in a shed, you'd probably think it was off a Mura if you didn't. Yeah. Know. Well, you were seeing it straight on though, seeing that hood scoop and those. You know, the it's way those very, lights work and yeah, everything. Like the, it's got Venetians on its lights. Yeah, like, yeah it's a great yeah, it's looking, a, And, you know, they, they they pop up when you oh, turn the lights it. on. Yeah. Lots of detail. Yeah, I, I, I love cars that are just odd, you know. Never sold in Canada. <laughs> true, story, true story. Okay. <laughs> it's a Montreal. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's ironic, isn't it? Yeah. The um, yeah, great, what a great car they are. Mm. It's the same, um, it's a derivative of that... Um, that V8, it's the same one. It's in that, you know, uh, Alpha, Alpha 33. 33, yeah. yeah. Oh, what, a, what a good thing that is. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's I reckon a, that's the prettiest car that's ever come out of Europe. It's a 105 chassis. Is it? Yeah. Is yeah, it okay. really? Yeah. I don't know, that Ferrari, uh, is it P, P330? No, I, don't, I don't like the proportions on it. Or is it P, P, P334? I don't know, Google that. That I reckon that's got to be the prettiest car ever made. Is, yeah, Race pretty. car or road car. What do you reckon it is? For, you know, Just yeah. for the folks at home, there's some keyboard clicking going yeah, on. Yeah, so Googling. 334, I think it is. P4, that's P4. it. Oh, yeah, I know, I know this car. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, 
Have you seen the new one that they've just that released? That is. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a stunning but, car. You know it what? Is. I'd take a 906 over that. A 906 is a good looking Similar car. looking style of car, right? Yeah, similar era. Perhaps um, less road friendly. I think the, that was definitely just a race car. Yeah, look, I think these are just race cars. Yeah. The, um, but, yeah, the look, it is a good-looking car. There's no question yeah. about it. Fabulous you know, looking That thing. era as well of, you yeah. know. Curves. Yeah, those Le Mans-style sports cars. Where, you, where there were, like, wind when, tunnels weren't a thing. People just drew things that they thought yeah. looked fast. They look good. They feel good. Yeah. Well, there's an old engineering adage that, yeah. you know, something yeah. looks right, it probably is. Yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> right. obviously, wind tunnels have made a liar out of those people, but... That's a pretty car, and there's a lot of pretty cars that come out of that sort mm. of era. When back in the day of a, a world sports car championship, you know, back in that era yeah, of racing yeah. in the '65 through to about '75 to '80, that was like that whole thing about having a car that had to do everything from track to endurance and all that sort of stuff, and having that one car. Yeah, that it just it's just it just harkens such a great era of motor racing to me that you know Same. after it's speaking to godfrey having a you know last week we spoke to godfrey everett yeah. and he's uh a 911 he raced career a cup in it and he raced london to sydney yeah you know what i mean like in the same car and that's unheard of in this day and age isn't it you know yeah. to have one car that could do both those yeah things sure highly modified in between them don't get me wrong but the fact that he has one car that could do both those and three targa tassies and then yeah. drive out to Cars and Coffee on a Sunday. Exactly. Mm. You know. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of uh, appeal in a car that can tick all those boxes to yeah. me, you know. It, it was a good era. I mean, when you looked at like that 50s and 60s and stuff like that, at some of those old pictures of um, the Millamelia, yeah. just lined with like the most exotic things you've ever seen in full race trim, just ripping through these tiny little streets like... Those pictures really get. I, I don't know if you've ever seen it. If you've ever got the opportunity, it won't work very well on the podcast. But there's footage of 300 SLRs. You know the Sterling Moss yeah. car. Those things getting driven. My goodness, you don't have to be a Mercedes fan to nah. be excited about those things. You mm. know, it's just, what a car! Um, oh man, I I we were talking about this probably three days ago. Like a 300 SL with those Rudge knockoff wheels. You like those? Pretty up there, hey. Like, and I've, I've been passenger driven in one. Have you really? Yeah, Gullwing 300 SL, right? Oh, it doesn't like again. Like, it, it's that's a pretty car. I well, don't care what you're. One into. of the one of the prettiest ever made, in my opinion. Right? Yeah, yeah. Hot as Hades inside. Yeah, yeah I've heard that. It is the hottest car you can <laughs> sit in that is not. Bikram yoga, <laughs> right? Is the only we way to do Bikram yoga to get in. That's why they had to fold the steering wheel in half. Yeah, on the car. I, I, yeah. look, I'm a, I'm not a big guy, so getting in now yeah. wasn't overly problematic, right? Yeah. And I wasn't behind the wheel, so I didn't have that problem. Yeah. Big sill, but you know, a lot of cars that era had big sills anyway, yeah, so that part of it. Like three five six has got a big sill. It does. It's yeah. a long way over into and the you seat, see quite you know, inboard, yeah. You know, so the big sill wasn't a problem, and getting in and out wasn't overly problematic. But if you like, you stand on the seat. That's all you do. But it's no different. You know, if you've ever gotten into a three, five, six speedster with yeah. speeds to seats, Jump you are seat. standing on the seat. You yep. stand on the seat and then you lower yourself into it. You know, yeah, that's yeah, the easiest yeah. way to get in and out of it. A lot harder in a coupe with speeds to seats. And I can tell you this because my car's got speeds to seats in it right now. And yeah, it is a yoga move to get in and out. You know? Are they the uh, classic wooden frame yep. piano hinge on the front? Yep, they are. Very yep. safe. I like it. <laughs> well, cars of the year. And you know what? 
it's got the performance that is uh, meets that safety requirement. Yeah, I don't know whether you ever saw or drove that speedster that we built at Chellingworth for uh, the red one. Yeah, one of the well-known mining men of Perth, but I think that car's got two hundred and thirty-five. Horsepower. Oh, it's got a V dub motor in though. It does. Type four Jake Raby. Yeah. Like I think it's twenty. Yeah, full, fully loaded. Yeah, it's very naughty. Yeah. It's on big Webers, big cam. It's either two point five or two point seven liter. And you yeah, it's unsafe. Like every speedster I've driven is unsafe. Yeah. That you, is the best way. And it's not because of the seats. Right, everything about the experience like, is on the cusp of safety. Just going from like punching the windscreen out to putting the gear stick behind your head when you change gears <laughs> and, and just like wrestling this huge steering wheel around that's like flopping in your hands and sliding around on the seat even though it's a bucket like... Yeah, and try not to smile while you're doing it like... Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, and know, it doesn't such... break. Does not break. Like, <laughs> Look, it's, it's unfair to judge cars of that era... Oh, yeah. When against modern them, ones. Oh, right. Especially oh, when you yeah. go and make them that fast too and then yeah. don't do anything about the brakes. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that thing was a ripper. Yep. The, um, but yeah, on the 300 SL, beautiful interior, you know, plaid. Mm. Stunning. Yeah. 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 For me, if there's probably 10 cars, if money was no object, it would be, it's in the list. Yeah. You know, for me, that, that car is me just... Me too, yeah. As a thing, as a, a piece of art, like I saw a black one online the other day with black rudges on it. Yeah. Oh, I, I saw that. The good. I'm not normally a black car guy, you know what I mean? But I saw this thing and it had like a, a bright orangey red tartan interior and it had these full black gloss paint, black rudge knockoff wheels with big, you know, chrome wing nuts on them or whatever they're yeah. called. For the Apparently they're heavier steel. than the, yeah, I've heard than the steels. Well, it was a factory option on 356s. Yeah, right. Rudges are, yeah. Is it Rudge Whitworth was the company? Okay. Yes, I think you're right. And and it, I believe that it adds 100 grand US onto the value of the car. Easily. If it was optioned with them originally. Yep. It, look, you want to buy a set of Rudge, like, you can buy them now. Yep. For your 356. It's a 40 to 50 grand US equation, buy them. Jesus. You know, they, they look right. Because you're, you <laughs> But you've got to actually, because they come with the brake um, drums and all that sort of stuff, oh. you know what I mean? It's all, hmm. you need the right drums that so yeah, the rudges can work giant spline center yeah. weird thing like it's but yeah they look amazing on cars yeah they very, of that era very arousing prospect <laughs> anyway this is our longest podcast yet just crapping on like guys yeah, do i mean I, we most conversations in, involving me can drag out your <laughs> yeah, well yeah. it's been a real joy having you on mate i'm glad you could uh make the trip all the way out here to uh spend oh, the evening with us it's my pleasure it's uh Bit of a, you know, flattering thing to be invited to do such a thing. It's also been our pleasure, Ben. It's nice yeah. to do Has different been. things. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Oh. And uh, Simon, what's on this week? Anything exciting? Um, Volvo time. Yeah, I've yeah. Got, Is uh, Swedish back on the road? Yeah, Swedish. She's licensed. Yeah, yeah good. She's going so well too. Yeah. Um, Very German. Huh? We've got um, new IPD springs for her. Right. IPD sway bars, coney shocks. And all the super pro bushes, that's all going to happen. We'll probably start on it on Friday. I've got a hoist. Oh, and yeah. so, you know, we'll be lowering it and doing the springs and the sway bars and the bushes and the conies and all the rest of it, which would be a good thing. I've started um, yeah. putting some feelers out for a 2.5 litre Penta motor. I think uh, we both know a, a long haired Yahoo that might have. Uh... Yeah, well, he's got a couple, but he's yeah. not selling them. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm going to enroll um, Adam. 
in helping me trying to track one down. And the plan is is to turbocharge it. Good. So a two and a half litre turbocharged. And there is um there was one that changed hands recently. It had a 16-valve head on it. Yep, yep. So, I, I saw um, it a weekend ago, actually. Yeah, I think Yoshifab make a um, um, conversion. So if you can get a 16-valve head on a 2.5-litre bottom end, which is all penta with a different crank, yep. and then turbocharge that, you've got a very healthy, torquey, revy motor. Yeah. Anyway, that's the it. one I'm thinking. And leave it automatic. Leave it automatic? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, cool. I'm getting old. Well, this weekend is Celebration of the Motor Car. It is, yeah. It is, I'm auctioning. As a plug for Paul, who was here a couple of weeks ago on the mm. podcast. We do like Paul. You mentioned to me as a smug piss take. About as how many times if. you've been to Celebration? Tell us about that, as Simon. How many if. times? What, do you mean displayed a car? Yes. Twice. Well, I'd like to let you know I have done so <laughs> as well. I was going through some old photos. <laughs> Hang on, I was there then. I was there then, and Simon's been taking the mickey out of me, and this weekend my friend will be number three. What were you just oh. displaying? Oh. <laughs> By 356. Oh, so you've had the same car there. Uh... Yeah, twice, Yeah. right, and this will be the third time. Gosh, so it's a bit boring, isn't it, really? Bow in the presence of greatness, Simon. Yeah. Hey, Bow Simon. The, no, this is the only reason I'm bringing it up, because he cocked on about it. Because right? <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about Alex Forrest's book. Because yeah. so It's like, uh, you got a mention in there, Mark? Anybody mention you in that book? No yeah, one. That, yeah, Where no. <laughs> Simon's, you know, page and a half. As, as a, page and a half. As a C grade personality, right? <laughs> Crikey. Yeah. I mean, I'll have you both know that I don't own a car that would end up at the celebration of the motor car in the next decade. So, yeah, look, I, one of the times was because uh, Godfrey, his car didn't start that morning. <laughs> and Paul says, Mark, I know you live nearby. Can you help me out? So it wasn't a formal invitation That's until that morning. It's flattering, isn't it? You know? Yeah. I said, yes, I can. I'm not far away. So I rode my bike home and picked up my car. <laughs> Epic. Yep. And the, um, what a compliment. And, um, yeah, the one before that was the 50th anniversary of Porsche. Okay. Back in whenever that was. Yeah, right. No, 60th. 60th, yeah. Yeah, right. 2018. Yep. Yep. Something like that anyway. Oh, yeah. No, 2008, sorry, was the 60th. Because 48 it started. Ben, yeah. just before we wind up here, what would you lust after for next? What would be the thing you'd love to put in the garage next? Uh, That's reali- achievable. Realistic. Yeah. Um, I, I was thinking about this the other day. I'd love some sort of bunky Ferrari. And I was... I was what, what, like what, a 400 or a... Oh, they're pretty expensive. The they are bunky though. They are, Yeah, but they're V12. Mondial. Maybe like a three four eight. Yeah. I'm setting my sights high. Or I, I, I have been quite aroused by um E thirty six M threes in my time, but again, they for the price of an E thirty six M three you could buy a pretty average three four eight. There was a three four eight on gum not gum tree on marketplace this week. Really? Duck what blue. Duck blue? Yeah. Oh good colour. Right hand drive. That they get a lot of shit, but they're Tan all right. I don't know anything good, about Good driving it. car for those three days a year they can. Yeah, yeah. I, I did I did one service on one ever, and it was the only time I ever drove one. It was a black one. They're, drop, they're a drop motor service, aren't they? Oh, no, just an oil change. Oh, just a be- oh sorry, the yeah. belt. Well, you know, when we're at Porsche, we used to get everything traded in, and you, basically the, the rules were you did a service on it, and if it was going on the front yeah, okay. lot. So, you know, I always used to put my hand up for all the annoying stuff that, you know, 
didn't make for good efficiency figures. Yeah, yeah. But, mm. you know, I like driving weird stuff and, yeah, I kind of... I've never driven a 3.4. Have you ever driven a 3.4? No, I've driven a 3.55. I've never driven a 3.55. I think, yeah, Mark on recently who, who had an absolute humdinger of a 3.55 that he got rid of recently. I reckon he's probably kick, kicking himself. You ever see the yellow one? Yeah, yeah. one of my favourite cars. Oh, it's a good-looking thing. I'm a, I love them. I am a total victim for 360s. I reckon as a design exercise, it was just proportionately so good. Yeah, well, they didn't... It was like, such a they, high watermark for Ferrari, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's probably the first Ferrari that's actually lived with the bull and reliable enough to daily and stuff like that. I don't know about that, but yeah, you know, with regards to the design of it, though, the body shape, the ratio of you know headlight size yeah. versus intakes on the front, all those things, you know, yeah, and, and they're at a different level of serviceability because the fact that panel from behind the seats comes out and all that sort of thing, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know much about them, but I mean, they obviously didn't sell as many as they did because that was shit. They're obviously yeah, a good yeah. thing. Yep. I drove a manual one once, very rusty English. One with a tubey exhaust, and uh, sound amazing. With Marco, yeah, we woke up all the dead people at Caracatta. Like, yeah, <laughs> like it was very loud. Yeah, tubey exhaust will do that to any car. Yeah, and we didn't we didn't talk the whole time and came out just got out and looked at each other, pissed ourselves laughing. Yeah, okay. And we, and like pulled the workshop door down and was like, oh, we're in trouble. Like, yeah. like, there's a few times that happened. Yeah, sure. But yeah, I think that's probably setting the bar high at three four eight, maybe achievable. Yeah, I, I think know. they've hit. I think they've bottomed out and have bounced now, haven't they? I think so. I think so. Oh, well, oh well, it's, hard, it's hard to say because every car's so expensive right now, right? Well, it's also hard to say because like you don't know what they're actually selling for. Like someone might list, you know, nine elevens. I know well, and I'm sure you do too. And like you, you see them, you it's very easy to see an unrealistically priced car. We just by how long it's on market for. Yeah. Oh, and car sales is good. Tells you the days, but. You know, other stuff that I don't know about, like three, four, eights and stuff. I, I don't know what they're worth, but, you know, I did know that. 120. Like, I, no, I think they're, like, I think they might still be around the 100. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. But with That's a lot of like money. That, so, it is a lot of money. So few stats. Yeah. So few sales. So sell. few sales. That's yeah, right. Yeah. So uh, the so statistics like 20 are... 20 grand on a $100,000 car is actually not, not a lot of variance. About, about 20%. Could yeah. be, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's not... Twenty grand is not even a paint job, or a really on nice a Ferrari. One. I reckon it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's probably about a paint job. But if you, if you, what I'm saying is, it's not a lot of money difference. Yeah, um, and I think they're now at the age as well where there's only the good ones left. Yeah, I, to be honest, I really fancy the idea of having a really doggy Ferrari, like a visibly doggy one that's like, like mechanically perfect. Ratarossa, do you guys find Yeah, it? I love it. Yeah, I, I think that guy's great. But how much money... That guy, honestly, he could own some amazing cars with how much bad money he's thrown at bad cars. Yeah. <laughs> Have you oh, ever seen him, Simon? What's it called? He's a YouTuber, Ratarossa. Ratarossa, yeah. He's a, uh, Ferra- he's a backyard Ferrari mechanic. Right. And he will have a crack at anything on a Ferrari. Yeah, I, I think there's a little bit more to it. I think he, like, sold some sort of web development business for oh, however it works i don't yeah. know but so he, I, I think but he's, he's he nickel he nickels and dimes ferrari basically yeah, yeah. It, like in a not in a, very in a timber shed. shed yeah to working on cars yeah. of any yeah. sort but yeah. yeah he's a yeah, very very likable character too hey before we wrap up what were you gonna bring up about the busby car i was keen to know oh. about that Cause, okay because i you know 
forever I have seen that car in budget. Yeah, yeah. I've actually, like we all had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I've actually met Mr. Busby and he's a interesting character. That's, that's definitely a word for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he, he has some cool cars. He has, um, he has a very important 911. Is this the, the first right-hand drive turbocharged 911 ever made? The ice green metallic it's one. Not a, it's not a 930. It's no? a turbo 911. Because hmm. the first like oh. 16 cars were still called 911. Is the ice green one? Yeah. 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 And it's got brown plaid interior. It's not the, even a It's an ex-demo uh, ex, uh, car that was sent to the UK by Germany. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, yeah, it is number one right-hand drive turbocharged. Oh, but I have seen the car. Anyway, that aside, that he's, um, Ian Delroy is the new custodian of his, that 356A. Okay. It was, like, it had a pretty good history bit of use up until about 20 years ago, 25 years ago, yeah, when it was plonked in the showroom. Yeah. And... Not long ago, it was pulled out. Uh, yeah, I just noticed it was missing one day. Yeah, and um, it went back into his garage. He actually just lived around the corner from here. And um, Ian was in the market for one. He spoke Paul Blank. Paul knows Neville quite well. Okay. And they organised for Ian to come and have a look at it. Neville takes him for a drive in it, says, oh, look, I don't really want to sell it. But they worked something out over a period of time where just called him, yeah, okay, you can have it type mentality. And yeah. He's since in since done a lot of work to the car, which it needed because it had sat pretty yeah. much, mm. you know, yeah. n- neglected for twenty odd years. Yeah, for twenty odd years, and so all those problems that come with that as well, you know, yeah, like every single well to it. every single um, you know, soft plastic in the car, whether it's a fuel line or a brake line or whatever, all had to be done. Yeah, and um, yeah, and it, and it had some horrible seats in it, like. I think they were like early nine two four seats or something like that. Did they match High the steering back. wheel that I saw on it at the? No, he still mode. he still saw someone, <laughs> but he he recently replaced the seats, and um he's uh yeah he's on the he's he's hunting for a steering wheel at the moment. Okay, okay, I'll keep my eyes peeled. The um, he needs to call Marco in um, Switzerland. Yeah, that guy probably, had every steering yeah. wheel ever. <laughs> the um, you but could hook him up with the... the steering wheels aren't that difficult to come by and they're not very expensive. I think it's just waiting. Okay. I think, I'd say he's ordered one. Okay. Yeah, three, five, six steering wheels are. You still buy repro repro ones. ones. Yeah, yeah, and repro factory ones are. Okay. Fairly common. So yeah, anyway, and any one um, best three three five six of the show as well with okay. that car. Yeah, so just mainly because of the effort he's put into it, not because it literally was the best car there. It's yeah, you mm. know, the best from what it was to what oh, it is. Type honest. Thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's an important WA delivered car originally, so mm. it was the very first delivered new here in WA. Yeah, I was, I was like, I've always seen it there, but I, and I know who owned it, but like, I, the guy isn't the easiest to uh, have a chat with, even when he is in front of you. So, he, we'll he, see how you're going in your nineties. Oh yeah, I'll be an absolute blithering idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, Simon's not far from it. Right? <laughs> I'm just blithering. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all. all right, then let's wrap it up, boys. Thank you very Good much night. for this evening. Thank it's you. been a great time. Thank you.